Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Brothers and sisters of the leaf, coming to you live once again from, well, all over the fucking place, it's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Tonight the boys congregate once again via live video to talk about the secret agent film that takes undercover operations quite literally. That's right, it's the 2007 steamy sextacular late night classic, The Girl from Bikini. And to aid them in their highly intellectual film analysis, the boys will be chugging a bunch of beers and smoking the Cohiba Royale cigar. Anywho, it sounds like we're in store for one hell of a good time, folks. Hell, I've got a boner already. So sit back, light them up, and enjoy the show. Oh, shit. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club, episode 117. 117. No, wait, that's not right. 118. Is it 118? 118. I'm I'm already messing up. (laughs) Um, We, as always, are here once again to party our asses off and bring that party straight into your eyes and ear holes. But first, there's something important. Some important changes to the show uh, that I want to talk to you about. Uh, both you two, fellas, and our highly lovable listeners. Um, you ready for some changes? Uh, no, I don't like change. Yeah, that's terrible. Brace yourselves. We're getting new catchphrases tonight. Oh, God. Woohoo! Uh, y'all excited? Yes. So. Depends. I've been so excited. I've been working on this for two weeks. Uh, do you think right, when hit I, me with it. Do you think when I got all serious and got right to it, you think I was going to get all political again, like on our last show? Kind yeah. of, yes. Yeah, no, I, I learned my lesson. Uh, our audience spoke loud and clear. Uh, right. So now, now we're just back with the good times. All just, right. Just the good times. Uh, well, leave it to me to write our own funeral, huh? <laughs> Anywho. Uh, so my youngest daughter, 
who just turned four, recently adopted out of nowhere her first catchphrase. And she's been dropping it around the house on everybody, right and left. Oh, awesome. And I was like, man, that is that is awesome, Todd. Hers is, get out of my face, baby. And All right, yeah. it's a good catchphrase. I was actually thinking about giving it to myself for the show, but it's hers. I don't want to. I don't want to take it away from her. I'm very proud of her and inspired me to cook up some new catchphrases for all of us here on the show to use, to hopefully cut hilarious results. Okay. All right. So basically, I'm going to give you your new catchphrases, and then throughout the night, if there's an opening, going to try to drop it on, drop it on it. Try them out. Give them. All right. See how it goes, right? Now, Tut, you obviously created your own catchphrase several, many episodes ago with sweet raisins. Sweet raisins. And I didn't want to mess with that, but I thought I could make it better. Okay. But your new catchphrase is sweet, juicy raisins. Instead of sweet raisins, it's sweet, juicy raisins. Sweet, juicy raisins. See, that sounds better, doesn't it? All right. Well, I mean, okay. But I, I, context, I, I suppose. Yeah, I'll just try it out for a little bit. Just try it out tonight yeah. see what it, see if it sticks. Yeah. Uh, the doctor, of course, is not here uh, tonight, and he already has a catch mark, his trade uh, mark catchphrase also. Dut, what is it? Oh, wait a minute. Uh, it's far too soon to tell. Uh, it's actually, I'm afraid it's far too early to tell. Uh, I don't really listen to the show. I mean, I've heard it both ways. But I'd like to—I wanted to add another one to his arsenal. You ready for this one? Okay. Whenever it's revealed during the, when we're talking about the film or whatever that someone's been deceived or had a fast one pulled on them, he can throw this gem out there: hook, line, and sinker. It's like a fishing rep, like I hook, see. line, and sink. Like it's a. We got it. It's. But he's got. But he'll say it kind of in the Pacino voice. Hook, line, and sinker. So I'm going okay. uh, to get hit. You know what? Since he's not, since he's MIA tonight, I might try that out at a certain point. Uh, okay. So I think getting some pretty positive vibes here. Uh, or I might just be drunk. Yax, you ready for this? Not really, but hey, that hasn't stopped you before. All right. Whenever we see some boobs in the movie we're talking about or there's some steamy steamy content going on I'll expect to hear you say hubba dubba doo what do you think? I'll wait for it I'll wait for it when I see some boobs hubba dubba doo do you need to write that down? I'm I'm writing it down as we speak okay hubba dubba doo hubba dubba doo it's a play on, I've been watching a lot of Scooby-Doo cartoons in the quarantine with my kids, and I, 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 play, I spun that off into hubba-dubba-doo. Yeah. It's kind of a play on hubba-hubba when you see some, some big cans on the screen, but to the gist of the Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Hubba-dubba-doo! All right. Well, I saved the best for last. You guys ready for mine? I can't believe I haven't developed a catchphrase over these many years. Uh, whenever you guys call me out, which you do often for doing something crazy on the show, whether I say something way out of line or I chug my third beer of the night or whenever you guys call me out for some of my antics on the show, 
I've never had any kind of recourse. I've never had something I could counter with, uh, except tears later that night when we're not <laughs> together anymore. But I've got something now. You ready for this? Whenever you guys call me out on something, in a high-pitched, nasally voice, I'm going to say, was that something I did? What do you think? I don't know. It uh, sounds um, really kind of similar to... It's going to be classic. It's, it's going to be like a rip-off of Steve Urkel. Yeah. Steve Urkel, the nerd guy? Yeah. You yeah. Going Family Matters? Yeah. What, did, what was his thing? Did I do that? So he would, when he would do something stupid or crazy, he would say, did I do that? Yes. Yes. Except in a high-pitched, nasally voice. Mine is clearly different. I'm saying, was that something I did? It's really, really similar. It's not like, you know. I never watched that program. I don't, it's not uh, like, really, it's like, like right there. It's like really similar. Was that something I did? See, I just used it. I just used it to combat your criticism of my catchphrase. Oh, uh, it sounds like one of those old, uh, or just sounds like a weird, cheap foreign knockoff of American TV show. Oh, like if you went to the Philippines tonight, you can find Zirkle saying, "Is that <laughs> something I did?" <laughs> Don't ever call me Zirkle again, man. Not cool. Not cool. I think we found the now on Zirkle. Uh, All right. Well, uh, like I said, you guys have your new catchphrases. Now they're yours to do. I'm, I'm giving them to you. It's a gift. They're no longer in my mind. They're now in your soul. You do whatever you want. Um, Wheat juicy raisins. Damn it. That sounds good. Okay. Uh, Coronavirus is back in action. Texas just shut down again. Uh, you guys doing okay? Well, Cody, they shut your pub down again. I was about to say, you don't have to worry about me. I mean, they've got, they're shutting hey. my poor man's business down over there. Yeah. They can fornicate themselves with an iron stick. Slowly. Uh, Do some. Tut, you should have come in there with sweet, juicy raisins. Sweet, juicy raisins. My heart wasn't in it. Okay. All right. I'm going to try not to coach you guys too much with the catchphrases, but if there's a missed opportunity, I'm going to call you out on it. <laughs> Say something I did. That'll be a, this will be a learnable a learnable moment on the podcast. Uh, I'm sorry, buddy. It seems like people just couldn't uh, play by the rules and help make this thing go away, and now you're paying for it. And you actually did play by the rules and do everything you're supposed to, and you're, you're the one uh, getting kicked in the balls. So Repeatedly, at least twice a day. Uh, Maybe three. Yeah. Well, I will stop driving by and kicking you in the balls. I don't know why I started doing that. <laughs> Was that something I did? Oh. Uh, Up a double do. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's not a. It's not. It's not oh. an angry. It's not an angry. Hubba double do. <laughs> I already told you. Some, there's so much anger. It's. It's all right there. <laughs> Um, well, we're going to get your mind off the anger and the disappointment in humanity for a few hours tonight. Does that sound good? Please. Please do. 
Hey, you know what, though? On a, on a positive note, I think I figured out a way for us to do the podcast old school all together again. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I was listening to sports radio, and NBA's trying to get together in July and finish their season. And basically what they do is for, like, three weeks prior to the season starting, all the players go to live in Florida at the same hotel. It's called the Bubble. Yeah. And they have their food brought to them. They can't go anywhere. And they get checked for COVID every day. And then they play their games. They go back to the hotel. They just live together in this bubble where all the hotel workers are checked. And it's like this very sterile. And they're going to do that for like till October, from like July to October. And I was like, well, shit, all we got to do is create a bubble for us all to live in together for, what, four months? And we can crank out some shows old school what do you guys think i looked into it there's a motel six in leander that'll that'll give us a pretty good rate uh for four months uh, dude um, i was ready to power bomb you after six days in vegas <laughs> yeah you were <laughs> should we tell a story where you bit my head off because i questioned your hamburger choice at the restaurant well, Oh, no, we just had a person log in to watch the chat, and I, as soon as I said that, they're like, ooh, I'm out of here. <laughs> Was it something <laughs> I did? <laughs> um, yeah, folks, every other Tuesday night, we actually, here's a little tip to uh, diehards. Pro we tip. Actually, we don't stream to Facebook Live anymore. That got us into some trouble. Uh, but we actually do kick it out to YouTube live unannounced. We don't advertise it. It's just there. So if you want to see the Tuesday Night Cigar Club unfiltered, including our bathroom breaks, uh, <laughs> go over to YouTube. We, we make it private right after the, the show, but who knows what kind of juicy stuff you'll get there. Am I right, Yax? Oh. Hubba-dubba-doo. Hubba-dubba-doo. Here, get a, give a pen. You need to write this down. I need to write it down. H-U... Oh, you don't have a pen. Hubba-dubba-doo. Hubba-dubba-doo! I don't know, I was about to say hubble-double-doo, but I just... I'm going to get really upset if you say that. Like zoinks! Like zoinks, yaks! Just say it the way I wrote it! Oh, in about an hour and a half when I'm good and into the show, that's going to be hilarious. Uh, you want me to do more Shaggy? Oh, what was that? That was there. There was some other voice that you did when I was uh, good and into the spirit. Uh, no, dude, not... I, I I promised I would never do it. You're the only one when you're drunk who finds my Dennis Miller hilarious. <laughs> Just thinking about it, and I'm totally sober and I'm fine. Oh yeah, you can do that voice anytime. Hey, Chachi, you're gonna go live in a bubble like the Bubble Boy. Right? <laughs> I don't know why it cracks me up so damn much. The Chinese scenes in this movie have more chins than Mitch McConnell. You hear me, babe? It's a uh, horrible, it's a horrible impression. <laughs> just a terrible, horrible, awesome. <laughs> uh, so that's a big no on the bubble. Yeah, I'm gonna say Ixnay on the bubble A. Ubble Bay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, Yaks, just in case after five years there's some people tuning in at us for the first time, what do we do here on the Tuesday Night Cigar Club uh, podcast? Three things. Several things. things. 
Well, one, make you laugh. We don't get political. We just the good times. Good times. Good times. No, we we do three things. We enjoy a delicious, or hopefully delicious. Are we doing that, Todd? Three. I don't. don't, I'm just letting the hands go. I thought you were doing like a, a a wrestling thing, like bam. Like a John Cena thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, Yax. We watch a, a what? We hopefully have a delicious premium cigar. Oh, yeah. Paired with, hopefully, a delicious craft beer. Okay. As we reminisce about a hopefully fun, entertaining Cinema Jewel. Cinema Jewel. So we pair a wonderful, hopefully, movie with a wonderful, hopefully, beer. And somehow the cigar we work into it, too, where they all make sense together. They all make sense. Now, granted, these days, usually on the show, we will all be drinking the same beer, which we've chosen to pair with the movie and cigar. But since we're Mm -hmm. on lockdown and we're separated, we're all last few shows. uh, Well, last few shows, last few months shows. Uh, we're all in charge of buying our own beers and hopefully finding some way to tie them in if we can. So tonight, I am going to start with the beers instead of the cigar. Yak Boy, what are you drinking? I am drinking a... Looks like a stout. It's yeah. wrong. It's an IPA. What? The 512 Black IPA. Yes, it's true. Uh, Black IPA, or as they have another, they call it a Cascadian Dark Ale. I don't know if that works out in any way, but... Influenced uh, by the Cascadian hops. Cut. You stole the words right out of my mouth, my friend. We've we've had our run-ins with the Cascadian hops before. Well, it's... And the and it is actually really interesting because it is actually a mixture of the typical hops that you know you get for an IPA. So you're gonna there is a sit that there still is that, that citrus floral piney flavor, but they're using roasted malts. So you're getting a little bit. I mean, it's kind of you know you want to call it fusion or whatever, but it's it's that mix and it's it sounds like it would be bad, but it isn't. Get your witchcraft away from me. Get the hell out of here. What is the uh, what is the IBUs on it? Uh, the IBUs, uh, this is 70 IBU. It's 7% ABV with uh, just a 70 IBU. And I'll say this much, the IBUs, if it is actually 70, just the, the mix of flavors, it really, like, dials it down. Are you getting? I would, I would put this, like, at 50, maybe. Are you getting the maltiness big time through it? Oh yeah, yeah. It, it like I said, it it sound, doesn't sound like it would be good. You say, here, try this. It's you know, it's a dark you know IPA, roasted malts with your typical IPA hops, but it it tastes really good. I mean, it 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 doesn't really have it's. You do get those flavors. I mean, I do get like that that citrus and and the the pine aroma, but 
I mean, it, it's it's very subtle. It's not. It's it's mixed in with the with the malts. So. All right. Well, it sounds like it won't clash with the cigar at all. Maybe it'll uh, do something. That's what I was like. You know, I, y'all had y'all had both chosen uh, IPAs, and I was like, well, I'll go with an IPA. But I was like, I originally thought about doing a stout, just because the cigar. I was like, I don't know if I want to go IPA and have it clash. Yeah. Pick pick something that's gonna you know fall in oh, the wheelhouse. Oh, you, you, your mind thought was, I don't want to do what these other two idiots did. Is I wasn't gonna put it like that, but you know. Yeah. Okay. I like, I like your bold choice, but you'd have to warn yeah. me about that beer before you hand it to me because I would look at it and go, ooh, creamy stout. Oh. Yeah. I'm guessing. Trick tut into drinking. <laughs> I'm guessing uh, 512 Brewery is the area code for Austin. I'm guessing they're out of the capital city. Yes, they are. That is indeed. Uh, 512 Brewing uh, started back in 2008. Uh, they are the largest uh, craft brewer in Texas that is had primarily been only doing draft only. But, of course, given current situation, they themselves had to switch over to doing cans and bottles to continue to distribute because they just weren't getting. Sure. Uh, primarily all draft was coming through through bars and restaurants, and has those been shut down? Closed down. Closed down. Uh, idiots just wear your stupid mask so we can get back to drinking beer the way it's meant to be drunk with our friends oh and i forgot to mention it is also nit- nitrous based so it's it's very much like a stout so confusing it is just okay just like our film but cody uh you read that uh, marketing of it and you fell for it hook line and sinker all right, that one actually works. That one was good. Do you like how I use my pen as a fishing pole? Uh, for the time being, sure. Okay. Uh, t- uh, what's Tut drinking, Yak Boy? Good Tut. He went, of course, going with the July 4th Independence <laughs> Day theme the, from Stone Brewing. Oh, I it love Stone is, Brewing. Oh, yes. This is one uh, we actually featured uh, one very similar, same in the same style. Uh, um, uh, enjoy by, enjoy by ten thirty one. I think of their Halloween beer we drank. Correct. Uh, this is the uh, seven four twenty. Uh, you know, drink basically. You know, drink by. Uh, it is an un. This one is an unfiltered IPA. Uh, it is a, it's a, it, this one is a double IPA, uh, pretty, pretty high stats. Uh, it's a 9.4 ABV and, uh, 90 IBUs. Todd, is that bullshit or you get 90 IBUs on that thing? Uh, I don't know if it's 90. I think, I think Fire Eagle, does Fire Eagle label themselves as 90 or are they 70? Cause it's right, it's right in that area with Fire Eagle in terms of hoppiness. I think they're, I think they're lower. Are they? If I remember correctly, that at that height, it's not a double IPA. It's a no. It is a double IPA. No, it's a double. It is, it a, is double. a double. Oh, okay. Yeah. It is I mean, a it's double. Got, it's got some bite IPA. to it. Maybe I'm just uh, starting to get into IPAs to where you know I don't recoil at them. 
they're good in the summer, and I like them also in the fall, the spring, and the winter. And it, of course, as always with with that style, uh, it is limited edition. That came out uh, May twenty eighth. And you only have until July 4th, basically, to drink it. That's their 37 days. Is And if you actually have any left in your fridge, they show up and kick you in the balls and pour them out, right? I think they do, yes. It's, I like it's written that. on there on the can. Small print. Uh, as I said, uh, Stone Brewing, of course, uh, coming we out of it. California, San them. Diego. Uh, they are the ninth largest craft brewer in the U.S. And... Uh, of course, uh, makers of such fine things as the as their flagship uh, Stone Pale Ale, but also my favorite, the Arrogant Bastard. The Arrogant Bastard, yeah. And the Arrogant yeah. Bastard uh, barrel uh, barrel aged. Yes. I actually a couple episodes ago I did their Fear Movie Lions, remember? And yeah, yes. that is currently one of my favorite double IPAs. I think it's about nine percent. And uh, yeah. it, is, it is big time on the floral and citrus. Um, Todd, are you? What are you getting off of that thing? Are you getting a lot of citrus on the nose, or just hop out the ass? It's just not PA, man. Okay, that will be helpful to our listeners. Are you getting? Any, are you getting any? Any? I mean. Moving on. <laughs> what am I drinking, Yaks? <laughs> you have... Can I describe and... his beer? Please do, Todd. I actually, let, let Yaks introduce it, then you tell me how it tastes. Okay. The Deep Ellum Dream Crusher Double Rye IPA. Uh, once again, incredibly strong stats. Nine and a half percent. Oh, a half, a half percent stronger than Tut's. One, just point one percent stronger. Nine point four, nine point five. I mean, nobody's judging here. I'm just saying. Well, you'll be happy about this number. A hundred and twenty IBUs. <laughs> just one hundred and ten thousand IBUs. One billion IBUs. <laughs> I fuck out of here. This may be. <laughs> 80 tops. It is hoppy as hell, but it's a. I mean, come on. I've, well, I think the problem is it's kind of like if you keep eating a lot of like spicy food, eventually, like here, try this. It's so is this stuff will you just it burn it ignites the plate on fire. This is crap. Get it out of here. Sorry, you, you just did a ghost pepper engineered to be 20 times hotter than it normally is. Yeah. Are you saying, Yaks, that I drink so much that my <laughs> taste buds are in? Capable of discerning between IBU levels? Is that what you're saying to me? I am, and it's science. It's, it's already happened. Are you saying I go into my bedroom closet at night and sip IPAs until I stop crying? And then I when my wife... That, apparently that might be what you do. When my so wife comes in and sip. calls me on it, I say, Was that something I did? My dignity... I say that I, I do say that too. Like I ask her if she saw my dignity. <laughs> Later like, tonight, yeah. when I throw <laughs> up, it's not going to be from consumption. It's going to be from Steve Zerkel. 
Uh, of course, the the Dream Crusher is is well noted for having, as they say, the I guess you, at this point we call them the typical notes for an IPA: citrus, floral, fruit, pine combo. I'm getting pine. Good, good. I'm getting pine, uh, and of course, a little floral, uh, no citrus. And Deep Ellum uh, Brewing is, of course, located in Dallas, Texas. They are, uh, fortunately, they just went, just caught up on them. They have gone through a little bit of a turmoil here in the past. Uh, they uh, had opened up a new place in Fort Worth, and they just closed it, unfortunately, due to all this bullshit going on. So it sucks. I, I'm enjoying it. It's, 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 it's got actually a little bit of malty body to it but the citrus and the pine on the nose the hops are, are pretty strong and the is the strength i'm getting from the body of the beer does that sound do it i heard you mention something about rye is that a right. uh is that a what is that what is a rye ipa is that part of the brewing process yes as opposed to just the normal grains they have rye in um, yeah, it's got kind of a bite, a non-hop bite. Like in the on the back end, it's got kind of a multi bite, which may be the rye. Yeah. Um, but then you get the hop bite on the front end with the smith. It's good. I, I can't believe you guys have talked about it. I've never had this beer before. Oh, man. Uh, Tut, am I describing your experience with the beer? It's just an IPA, man. Moving on. No, like from Tut. I'm going to kick him out of the Zoom. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we've got two IPAs and a weird IPA hybrid uh, straight out of the laboratory that Yax is drinking. We'll see how these things uh, coincide, interact, pair, if you will, with tonight's cigar. You ready for this, boys? Hit it. I'm ready to go on this one. The Cohiba Royale. By General Cigar Company. It is a 6x50 Toro. Nicaraguan Broadleaf from the Jalapa Valley wrapper. The binder is Dominican Peloto Cubano. Filler is Honduran from the Yamastran region. Yamastran? Yamastran? And Nicaragua uh, fillers from Jalapa and Esteli. That's speaking to my heartstrings. I will talk about price point later. We have featured two Cohibas on the podcast over the years. I actually thought we only done one. I, but when I searched the website, I not only found that we'd done one of your beers uh, in the past, Tut, we actually have done two Cohibas. We did the Cohiba Nicaragua way back in 2016. Okay. Yeah, I, I do kind of vaguely remember that one and then for our 100th episode we did the cohiba specter because it cost 100 bucks yeah that's the one i do remember um and much like that cigar the specter the cohiba royale's box presentation if you look it up online is stunning visually like each cigar is placed in this elaborate uh it's it's really cool look it up you can't miss it uh when you walk in the humidor it certainly grabbed my eye hook line and sinker I won't do that anymore. I'm sorry. Well, thank goodness. You know what? I'm actually going to not ask the doctor to do it because it's getting on my nerves. <laughs> so they've got the the Spectre, and then this is the Royale. Yeah. 
is there going to be like a Moonraker? Or I, yeah, there's a there's kind a of live a, and let die. There's a James Bond theme, but it's only these two. They have a million cigars. These are okay. the only these are the only two that have kind of a Bond. Uh, okay, I just just wondering. Yeah. But I, I of course chose it tonight because it pairs with our movie um, quite well. Tonight's cigar is billed as Cohiba's fullest bodied expression to date. Um, when I think of Cohiba, uh, not Cubans, but Cohiba's sold here in the States by general, uh, I, the word power doesn't immediately come to mind. Either Cohiba Nicaragua, to me, I, I don't remember as being a, anything close to a powerhouse. So uh, look for full bodiness, and we'll see if this sucker punches us in the balls or not, huh? Let's do it. In a pleasurable way, of course, not like <clears throat> Cody getting kicked in the balls by the state government. Uh, I know I almost forgotten about that, but thanks for bringing it back. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, t- I told him, relax, we're going to have a good time tonight, and I, I keep bringing up the bad stuff. Okay. Well, let's uh, take a second to light up here. It's got an oily as shit wrapper. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. It's almost, very, it's almost, very sheeny. It's almost greasy. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, it is greasy. It's nothing but bacon. <laughs> Dark as night. Beautiful. I mean, it's a really gorgeous... Gorgeous wrapper. It's firm. I'm only getting a little bit of give when I when I squeeze it. So I torch the foot here. Uh, so in the cold draw, I just got sweet, juicy raisins. I got real, real sweetness, uh, fruity sweetness. Yeah, you can and definitely tell that jalapa tobacco that's kind of kicking in there. That's what's uh, kind of leaning in on your sweetness. Uh, there's a sweetness in the smell, uh, just like the I mean, just smelling right out that tobacco. I can't quite put my finger on but it's a it's a rich rich uh it's rich odor that's rich better than me i had nothing but like it was straight hay really yeah uh, no i'm gonna pry tut further on this rich what um i just just tobacco uh like, you know when we were on these barn smokers and you would just smell the tobacco hanging in there? It was that kind of richness, but it was there was that sweetness as the tobacco was curing. It was that same kind of kind of just rich, sweet smell. Um I always I always associate rich sweetness when I smell it on a cigar with like red man chewing tobacco. When you Yes. Yeah. When you put that open that pouch and smell it and then you put that wad in your Cheek, which I'm sure we all did as teenagers growing up in Texas, that super sweet, just juicy tobacco flavor. Yeah, I still love that smell. Uh, yeah, and that's 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 pretty close to what I was smelling just just right off the wrapper. Well, I think you might be pleased then when you light up because while there is a full force, uh, I, I'm going to categorize it just now as spice on the nose. Um, it's definitely not for me, black pepper. It's either, a like a cayenne or a, a jalapeno. It's, it's kind of that in that style of, of nose burn. Um, man, there is a nice, nice earthy sweetness coming off that draw. And a little bit of woodsy, um, Boy, it just lit up, but that's a that's an impressive start for me for the cigar. Um, I'm gonna give you boys 
I'm going to introduce the film. I'm going to give you boys just a minute or two to uh, soak in your first impression, Scar. Oh, Yax, I didn't even realize you'd let out. Are you, uh, am I spot on with the cayenne jalapeno on the nose and the rich sweetness on the draw? Sweetness, yes. I just have gotten into it. I am picking up something spice-wise. But I'm like, you know, it, I am still literally just tasting hay. I mean, it was that strong in my cigar. Yeah, the, like literally, you walk into a hay barn, that smell, off. and yes, it, it, on, and the, the taste in a hay barn, when you're in, inside, that's what this cigar was. It was... All right. Well, I, I'm not getting any hay on the once lighting up. Uh, yeah, whew, for me, a really a really nice retro hail and uh, some really cool earthy sweetness on the on the draw. Tut, you? Maybe that was the delicious maltiness of my beer. <laughs> you know what? I think you're drinking you're drinking a hay beer. <laughs> I'm still working on it. All right, I'll come back after I introduce the uh, wonderful film we're talking about tonight. It is 2007's. The Girl from Bikini. Now, I know that name might sound phonetically weird, but Bikini is an acronym. It stands for something. So it's B period, I period, K period, I period. So it's like the man from uncle. U period, N period. It is essentially the man from uncle. It is the girl from Bikini. It is written and directed by Fred Olin Ray, who has literally directed dozens upon dozens of movies with the word bikini in their title. I like him already. You ready for this? Such as 2012's The Teeny Weeny Bikini Squad, 2011's Bikini Time Machine, Bikini, bikini Warriors, also in 2011, 2010's Bikini Jones and the Temple of Eros, Bikini Frankenstein, 2008's Bikini Royale. Hey, we're smoking the Kohi Royale. That is the direct sequel to tonight's film. I didn't want to jump right to that, though. I, want, I wanted to take on the Bikini movies in chronological order. Of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, 2006's Bikini Pirates. Bikini Girls from the Lost Planet. Ghost in a Teeny Bikini. The Bikini Escort Company. We're still in 2006. This is... <laughs> And Bikini Chain Gang. That's five bikini flicks in one year this dude directed. And the list goes on and on. There was also Bikini Airways, which looked... I want to do that film. That looked like a lot of fun. Uh, Genie in a String Bikini. And this shit goes all the way back 25 years to his first bikini feature movie, Bikini Drive-In, in 1995. This guy loves filming chicks in bikinis. <laughs> He's got a thing. He's what got a George, thing. What George Romero was to zombies, Fred Olin Ray is to Lady Swimwear. <laughs> oh, I like it. And now, get this. Talk about a, a, a shift, a career shift. He mostly now directs Hallmark Christmas movies. Of course he does. Check this shit out. In the last two years, he's directed six Christmas movies. A Wedding for Christmas. A Christmas in Royal Fashion, One Fine Christmas, starring former L.A. Laker Rick Fox, Baking Christmas, A Christmas Princess, and finally, this year, 2020, he's coming out with A Royal Christmas Engagement. Holy shit. I wonder if the Christmas Princess wore a bikini. 
I was I was waiting for you to say uh, bikini Christmas, a bikini uh, Christmas, bikini elves, uh, and I counted at least seven more Christmas flicks in his filmography earlier than the last two years. So by my math, if he just makes two more Christmas flicks, he'll have officially directed more holiday movies than bikini movies. What a career! I imagine there's like a pedestal in his office with a light shining down. There's a script. And it says Bikini Christmas. And everybody's like, what about that? Hey, what's that script? No, no. They're not ready for that yet. They're not ready. That one I'm giving to my son. (laughs) (laughs) The guy's directed hundreds of movies. And and I, I recognize his name from a lot of 80s and 90s cheap action movies. So when I saw, when I looked up, because here's the deal. Here's how I got here in a roundabout way. Every summer we tried to do a bikini movie. Bikini summer, bikini car wash. You know, there's been a million of them. And because we're not going to get to see any bikinis this summer because we're locked in our homes, I was like, all right, well, it's time to do a bikini movie. We can experience the world vicariously through cinema. And I put in Amazon uh, bikini. And I'm scrolling through and I see... A girl from Bikini. I'm sorry. And then I saw Bikini Royale, and I'm like, Cohiba Royale. But then I saw that it was a sequel, and I want to get to know these characters from their ground. <laughs> uh, so we're doing the original, uh, the girl from Bikini tonight. A little insight into the process. This is our Bikini movie for the summer. Um, the things I do for podcasting. You think anybody else is going to add up? Fred Olin Ray's Christmas credits versus his bikini movies and do the math on what he has to do to usurp his bikini movies with Christmas movies. He's probably done a line of candy canes somewhere in his office and gets up <laughs> and is like, wow, I made how many? Thanks, man. Thanks. He's snorting candy canes all day long. <laughs> now touch. Sorry, I'm still trying to figure out how to break into his office and get that bikini Christmas script. I know it's there. We can do this. Um, I think uh, I think my beer might be blasting a lot of this out because I'm I'm getting the woodsy component of it. Um, that's kind of that's kind of it. Uh, I'm still trying. To- you and I going with the ten percent beers might have been an ill. Uh, you think after five years of doing this shit, we'd add some nuance and subtlety to our choices? Just give me the strongest shit you got. Like Cody said. <laughs> Was that something I did? Uh, it's playing it's playing kind of similar to other Cohibas that I smoke outside of the Cuban. Um, simply because it's it's not on on my from my end on that foot is not a, a flavor house. Like I'm not get, I'm not just getting overwhelmed with flavors right off the bat. Uh, it's not like your Nicaraguans where you're going to get that spicy pepper off the nose blast. I mean, it's playing more of like a traditional Cohiba, which is a little bit reserved at the front. I, I'm getting definitely the red pepper uh, on the nose and the kind of s- somewhat sweet earthiness and woodsiness on the draw. Um, I'm having to give it some space from the beer. I'm having to wait till the beer's kind of settled on my palate before taking a puff um but yeah and the aroma is really nice i'm enjoying the yeah. aroma. Um, okay 
It's sad because it's hot as heck in here, and I'm going to be pounding this stuff. Yeah, I mean, we've got no choice, right? What was it, 100,000 degrees in Central Texas today? Much like your IBUs. Jeez. I, th- I think uh, two points lower the temperature than the IBU. <laughs> Uh, as uh, we'll come back to the cigar, my God, yeah, it's kind of where we screw ourselves here because we're so fucking hot. And if you pick the wrong beer, which we do a lot, because we're trying to pick a beer that makes sense with the the movie. This movie crushed my dreams for what I thought this movie would be, so I picked the Dream Crusher IPA. Makes sense on paper, but I'm going to be drinking the piss out of this stuff tonight, and it's ten percent. In about hour two, I'm going to be saying some completely inappropriate things. Did I say that? So it's good for the show that things are going to get crazy, but not necessarily good for the cigar. That, the poor cigar that gets paired. Dude, our cigars are like the in the cop buddy cop movies. Like Our cigars have one day till retirement, and they just want a good review, and we saddle them up with these 10% crazy reviews. <laughs> Uh, if if you do separate it from the beer, yeah, uh, the flavors get a bit more pronounced after that. Like I can taste, I can taste that sweetness coming off that retro hell, which is kind of cool. Uh, uh, it, it, that sweetness from the cold draw carried over. I like it. Uh, is that all sounding copacetic to you yet? Roughly, yeah. Uh, I'll agree with you. I'm starting to get, you know, to say that it's cayenne or Thing, but I, I mean, it's it's a little more than just a black pepper or anything okay. like that. I can agree. I can agree to that. Okay. Well, let's get into this film, shall we? The girl from Bikini. As the film's opening credits begin, we're we are treated to an extended strip club performance by a very attractive blonde woman. Yaks? That would have been a great... She just started. We haven't gotten to where she actually shows her boobs. Okay. Well, she's on stage um, doing her thing. The soundtrack is playing us a surf rock instrumental that's very reminiscent of the classic tune Secret Agent Man. Did you guys pick up on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about uh, to say. I was like... Very much. And I hit think, me in the head. And I think there was some random Secret Agent-type computer graphics of some sort showing up on the screen over her boobs as well, but I didn't really focus on those for some reason. Yaks. We then cut to some stock footage of Moscow after the opening credits as we join a very naked and frisky couple wrapping up their lovemaking session in a hotel room. Tut? No, no, you do your catchphrase. Oh, uh, sweet juicy raisins. I'm gonna just say I'm gonna say it now. We can edit it out later. I've never been more disappointed in you two than I am right now. Cody's frozen, so he won't hear this. But uh, you, I, I can totally hear it. You need to check your phone. You need to check your. Phone. I'm doing. 
Y'all I'm doing this like Gomer Pyle now. Sweet, juicy raisins. Y'all need to check your fax machines after the show. I got some stuff coming over. I've already told you this. I don't have a fax machine <laughs> where I am. Well, where are these things going then? I'm in 2020. Fax machines were back in the 20th century. Hey, speaking of uh, the strip club opening scene, Tut, can we see your shirt you're wearing tonight? If you watch this on YouTube, folks, you can see that Tut has chosen his pussy shirt to wear for this movie. It is a cat eating a star pup, riding a flaming star pup while wearing an American Uncle Sam top hat. Happy Fourth of July, fellas. And I am maybe not coincidentally to I think about wearing my taco shirt. Tacos. It's America. Uh, it is America. Uh, so now we we cut to Moscow stock footage. Uh, there's like they show the 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 weird buildings and the soldiers marching through the square, and we join a very naked and very frisky couple, as I said, and they've just wrapped up their their lovemaking in a hotel room. Secret agent Tanya X waits approximately ten seconds for her lover to fall asleep. He's like, oh, that was great, baby. And rather than give him like a little bit of time, she rolls out of bed and starts digging through some top-secret documents that he had folded up in his pants. Gax, do they call pants pants in Russia? No, but what? they still mean pants. What do they call pants in Russia? Pantyaskis. Pantyaskis? Okay. Pantskis. Panskis. Panskis. So she looks through his panskis and finds these documents and begins snapping photos of them with her spy camera. Old school spy camera, those real long ones. Little, little clickers. Yeah. Um, before she's completed her mission, though, the Russian stud wakes up and puts a gun to her head. No worries. Tony X says she's going to introduce him to the beauty of capitalism, and then she smacks the shit out of him unconscious, and he passes out on the bed. One smack to the face. One smack to the face of this. That was actually ass. accurate. <laughs> I was about to say that is pretty much capitalism. He's out. So she poor finished. guy just thinking he's going to get some money and just smack. Nope. No money for you. Hey, at least she didn't pee all over him. I hear that's what happens in some Russian hotels. Did I say that? Uh, oops. Tanya X is played by the lovely Beverly Lynn, whom you degenerates might remember from such films as Sex House. You guys see that? I don't know, but I've seen this girl somewhere before. Maybe it was in Babes 2, Lost in Beaver Creek. I don't know. Maximum Thrust. (laughs) I mean, no, no, no. I've never. uh -uh, What about Secret Desires of a Housewife? Mm, yeah, no, I've not seen that one either. Possibly uh, Blood Fist 2050? God dang it, no. I haven't seen that one either. That one actually sounds kind of painful. Uh, it was. Tut, Tut, I, I think I know where you've seen it. Do you ever watch The Big Bus Theory? Yes. 
And Yax, you probably remember her from the Devil Wears Nada. <laughs> Get it? Like Prada, but Nada. So she's. I, not wearing, I got it. It's, not wearing. Not wearing anything. My, my uh, disappointment is working its way through right now. Uh, that was another one that I recognized her from, and no, you shouldn't have any disappointment. It was a wonderful movie. I think he was disappointed in me. Not her. Not her. I thought she was possibly the girl in the uh, with the uh, man with the sex ray eyes. Uh, she was. Uh, she's been in seven thousand films, so I, I I could not go. I couldn't vet all of them. <laughs> Well, back safely on U.S. soil at the headquarters for the Bureau of International Knowledge, Intelligence, and Non-Standard Investigations, B-I-K-I-N-I, Bikini. There it is. There it is. Tanya delivers her valuable spy photos to her boss, Mr. Waitley. She keeps them in her bra. She just reaches in her shirt and hands it to him. Uh, I should mention that she strolls into the government office with her shirt unbuttoned and wearing a really short miniskirt. Don't judge. Don't judge. It's her job. Exactly. Mr. Waitley knew he could count on his top agent to get the job done. And in fact, he tells her that he's in need of her services yet again. Tony starts undressing. All right, right here on top of the desk. No, no, no. Uh, agent X, not those kind of services. <laughs> Yax is laughing. Tuts give me, me the jerk face. Well, I was a little bit disappointed. I mean, oh, you that was, actually, that was a funny scene. That was a good scene. Uh, no, no, he tells her that her new mission involves sensible satellite radio. All talk and all music all the time. Remember, this is when satellite radio was kind of in its infancy. Um, they're playing on that. It turns out that secret satellite radio channel or sensible satellite radio channel 6969 is listed as surf rock on your dial, but it's actually reserved for international coded communications between their agency, Bikini, and the FBI, the CIA, etc. All these Government groups communicate through the surf rock channel with decoded, you know, coded messaging. And they've been having their signal jammed by someone, somewhere, somehow. Okay. And he needs Tanya X to find out who's jamming their signal as it's causing major problems for all their operations. He hands her a dossier. Yax, did I say it right? Dossier? Dossier? Dossier. 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 It's a, it's a manila file folder. Dossier. Dozier. A dozier. Uh, and he explains that they have an informant, a stripper named Patty Mercury, who may have some leads, and he thinks Tony X and Patty should work together, closely together. She looks at the stripper's nude photos in the file folder and licks her lips. She promises that she's not going to take this assignment lying down. <sighs> You know what, though? This plot line of someone jamming the satellite radio that the different government things use to communicate with each other is actually a lot more straightforward and easy to understand than a lot of James Bond flicks. Half those flicks I watch, I don't know what the bad guy's doing. I can't figure out what the hell he's up to. 
Well, you have to wait for the bad guy summation, you know, at the in the final act. No, he'll tell me in the last ten minutes. But I, whenever they give Roger Moore his his marching orders, I'm like, uh, you didn't have like fifty questions about that because I don't know what the hell you're you're doing. I don't need one, Cade. You know, well, I mean anything but straightforward, boys. <laughs> well, I mean, he didn't have, he didn't have the best villain, Blofeld. Come on. That name fits in this movie. It really does. Uh, well, while the movie is straightforward, do you know what is anything but straightforward, Ted? What's that? I'm glad you asked. I'm talking about the highly complex, masterfully blended, Pappy Van Winkle Family Reserve Barrel Fermented Cigar. The Pappy Van Winkle Family Reserve Barrel Fermented Cigar is a long filler premium cigar rolled in limited quantities at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate in Esteli, Nicaragua. Deep barrel fermentation is the key process that makes this expression vastly different from anything else on the market. Hand-selected leaves from Kentucky are packed into small torquettes. Tut, that means bundles of tobacco, um, just to keep you on the same page which are then loaded strategically into oak bourbon barrels. Water is then added while immense pressure is applied to the torquettes via railroad jacks. Huge, immense railroad jacks. The tobacco is removed two to three times per year. It's shaken out. It's repacked. The total process of fermentation takes 12 to 18 months, leaving a truly unique flavor profile and aroma. The Pappy Van Winkles Family Reserve Barrel Fermented is now available at brick-and-mortar Drew Diplomat retailers everywhere. All right. Touch, should they go find some? They should find some. I agree. In fact, I think they have to go to uh, Happy Co. to get the pig size, don't they? If you want the very unique, very, as far as a smoking expression, there's nothing like it. The pig sized by Tola, you, you're correct, Touch. You have to go to Pappy Co., the Patty Van Winkle website, and order boxes off of there. Everything else you can get at your local Drew Diplomat retailer. That's the one Vitolo that's eluded me. You'll find it Sunday, my friend. As far as the beers, Ty, um, you've mentioned that yours might be interfering somewhat in your uh, review of the cigar. I honestly wasn't aware I was getting a double IPA tonight. I didn't look at the – your resident expert did not look at the ABV. I didn't look at the IBU. I just saw Dream Crusher, and the dreams were crushed. I'm like, it's perfect pairing. Uh, yeah, it's a strong beer. Yeah, uh, but but again, those the kind of sw- natural sweetness and earthy and woodsy notes are coming through for me. Uh, uh, yeah, for me, I it's funny you mention that because I was in the exact boat. I was like, hey, we're coming up on Fourth of July. That's a Fourth of July beer. Give it to me. What kind of beer is it? I don't know. It wasn't until Cody said it was a double IPA. I was like, oh. And then uh, it's it's completely blasted out the back half of my palate, and that's actually where I get a lot of my cigar flavors from. Yeah, uh, and it's just it's coated so thick back there that there's nothing hardly breaking through on it. So after this beer, I'm going to go switch into uh, uh, another one. Uh, that's probably wise. I might do the same actually um, after I finish the six pack. Because I know the, I mean, at least from the presentation and the feel of it. I mean, everything is just kind of looking in favor of this cigar. And I, I, I hate that I'm 
I'm handicapping the cigar with my beer. Yeah, that's what um, it feels like. But I am getting that that cayenne pepper on the nose and the and the flavors. The fact that I'm getting those flavors despite the cigar says something to the full bodied claim of the cigar. Um, so I'm, I'm curious when we shift gears. Um, Cody, are you getting a full a full bodied strong cigar out of this thing? I I think it's strong. Um, like I said, the, I was just initially confused because, you know, my, on the cold draw, I mean, it was hay. And I, I can't emphasize that enough. It, it was like, like getting in a hay barn trying to do the cold draw. Lighting yeah. up, that died, hay died down, and it really, you know, new flavors came out. There is slight sweetness. I like the, the pepper. Like I said, really be decisive in saying that it's like a spicy. There's something there. It's not black, but there is there is a pepper something. That's that's kind of so where I'm trying to figure that. it's 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 crushed yeah. red it's crushed red pepper yaks. That's what you're getting. Uh, and tut, you tell him what he's getting. And tut, you'll you, tut, you'll tut, you'll get that when you switch beers. No, I'm actually getting a little bit of that pepper right at the back of the retro hill. Uh, but it's on the retro hill. It's definitely in the in the second story, if you will. I'm getting a little bit of that pepper going into it. I, I am actually, getting the woodsiness, but I think that's also kind of that's one of those flavors that would augment from an IPA because you got that pine that that kind of heavy little. That pine uh, aroma going on. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps so. Uh, I will say this: in the, I'm still well into the first third of this thing. Uh, I am enjoying it, despite it it button heads with the beer. I am enjoying it more than the Specter and the Cohiba Nicaraguan. Uh, I, wish, I wish I could say definitively that I was doing it more than the Nicaragua, but to tell you the truth, I found the Nicaragua pretty un, uh, pretty forgettable. I don't yeah. remember what the Nicaragua was. All I, remember, I definitely remember the Spectre, and this is this is better than the Spectre. So it is. Uh, that Spectre had like 12 different countries of origin tobaccos in it, and we were just amazed that with that many tobaccos, we didn't get any real complexity or transitions. Or uh, it was it was it was amazingly for a hundred dollar cigar, it was forgettable. Um, but no, I'm actually enjoying this, and I'm I'm respecting the hell out of it for battling with this beer. So we'll see what it does when we as we move along. All right, so we cut to the strip club, where Pat, our informant Patty Mercury is up on stage doing her thing and doing it quite well, wouldn't you say, Yax? Oh, hubba dubba doo, nailed it! <laughs> hubba dubba doo. Why, Yax? I'd like more of a. Oh, there, no, no, there's be a scene up here later okay. on where I will just, yes. Hubba-dubba our asses off, okay. She's played by Nicole Sheridan, not Nicolette Sheridan of Desperate Housewives fame. Uh, Nicole Sheridan, who you boys might remember from one of her 325 screen credits, including Big Tits in Sports. She played uh, the character named Tennis Tits. Of course she did. Uh, she was also in Lesbian Daydreams 2, Secret Fantasies. Did you guys see that? No. no, no. I missed it, sadly. Fil- filthy Milfs? No. no. Mm-hmm. Doc McCock? 
I wonder if that's why the doctor is in here tonight. <laughs> uh, did you guys see Tarzina jiggle in the jungle? No. No. Okay. What about Camp Cuddly Pines Power? Wait, you're, you're saying these too fast. I need to. I'm sorry. To, I'll email them to you, X. Please uh, do. I know Please. you like. I know you like to do some follow-up research after the show. Uh, Camp Cuddly Pines Power Tool Massacre? No, but that sounds kind of awesome, actually. Yeah, I think it might involve this giant thing I have in front of my face here on the screen. <laughs> uh, do you guys see Super Size Meat 2? No? I'm, I think I was in Super Size Meat 2. And get this. She was also a headliner in 2007's Operation Desert Stormy. Of course, starring the one and only Stormy Daniels, who was later paid a gigantic fucking bag of hush money from our current president of the United States. That's a weird thing I never thought I'd say. <laughs> but of course. <laughs> was it something I did? No, it was something he did. Oh, it was something he did, yeah. And how about this? Did you guys see uh, 2006? She was in Top Notch Bitches 5. Did you guys see that? I saw that. I saw the previous top-notch bitches films, but four was kind of lackluster, so I didn't go any further than that. But I'm thinking maybe I need to revisit that series. Uh, as I'm a completist, I like to, you know. Of course. Work. Anywho, Tonya X is very entertained and very aroused by Patty Mercury's strip tease. She even goes to the stage and gives her a dollar, and then she follows her backstage to the dressing room afterwards. Patty tells Tanya that she was recently doing a private show for a very wealthy man named Randolph Davis. And while she was blowing him, he got a cell phone call and he took the call. And Tanya X is like, oh, really? Like, that's, I guess that's a, that's, that's a no-no, I guess. Um, Do I, I mean, have I a lawyer? I mean, it's a no-no in your regular lives, but if you're with a stripper and she's blowing you and you get a cell phone call, I think it's okay to answer, right? Do I need a lawyer? It could be your Uber. Could be. Technically, the, everybody's working. Or the Domino's guy. Anyway. I don't know how uh, to answer this. <laughs> She says the call sounded very suspicious, but obviously she couldn't ask him any questions right then. Her mouth was full. But she kept her ears wide open. He wasn't using her ears for anything right then at that moment. And she immediately called the cops about it once he came and then left. The cops directed her to call the bikini agency. And Tanya is glad they did as she commends Patty on her patriotism. Patty's You're a great American, Patty. She is. Patty's reluctant to hand over Randolph's address to Tanya until Tanya starts nibbling on her ear and telling Patty, I really need it now. I need it bad. And then, boom, just like that, Tanya X is back in her boss's office explaining that Patty was killed by a poison dart right before she shared her information and right before she orgasmed. What the hell? Why was that scene deleted? There seems like something was missing there. I felt like I had been shot by a poison dart and woke up all confused. <laughs> uh, 
hell commie bullshit is this? Well, I'll tell you what kind of bullshit this is. If you've ever wanted to actually watch the the actual story of a porn film, this is it. At this point, and we'll touch on this in just a little bit, boys. If you've ever wondered what a porno would be like where they don't show you the sex, just the bad acting. At this point, I'm like, oh. The, yeah, this, that's this what, it. I found it. I found it. But, but, but at this point, I'm like, okay, at this point, I'm like, all right, maybe it was just a bad, like, they couldn't pull off the poison dart scene, and the lesbian scene wasn't steamy enough. Yaks. Hubba dubba doo. My disappointment right now is all that I have. Well, Mr. Waitley, uh, her boss, has already had the poison dart examined, and he says it's a deadly poison. Obviously, she died. It's deadly in an Asiatic way. It's an extract from the Mariposa lupine plant. I only know how to say things like I describe tobacco. The, Mar <laughs> the Mariposa lupine plant, which only grows in the mountains of the northern Himalayas. She goes, hmm, exotic and dangerous. And he says, yes. And he says, it's hardly ever used on this continent. Waitley has arranged for Tanya to meet with Mr. Yes. Mr. Randolph Davis himself later that afternoon under the guise of her writing a magazine article on him for the Rob Roy Report. Yax, is that a real magazine? Probably. But who cares at this point? <laughs> We're only 15 minutes in. Nobody cares. <laughs> I'm still disappointed on the last scene that we missed out on. I wanted to know what... When hey, the dark hitter. Maybe it was a fluke. Maybe something went wrong. Maybe we're going to get the good stuff here in a little bit. As Tony X struts out of his office in her denim miniskirt, Mr. Waitley can't help but drool. He's played by an actor named Brad Bartman, Bartram, best known for, have you guys seen Carnal Awakenings? No. No. I worked on that film. Naked and Nasty? Mm, no. Again, I worked on that film. Did you work on the seduction of Maxine? No. What about Forbidden Lust? I got a call back. Yeah, I did too. Uh, but through my extensive research, I discovered he was also featured on episodes of both Caroline in the City and <laughs> Love Boat, The Next Wave. And they both sound like they could be pornos, but those were actual television programs. <laughs> I didn't know about Love Boat in the Next Wave. I hadn't heard of that. I believe Caroline in the City featured the mom from Back to the Future. Leah Thompson, maybe? Yes. Ooh, hey. Tanya X arrives at Randolph's Mountain Retreat, and she completes her magazine reporter disguise by putting on a pair of eyeglasses. She's still wearing the, the low-cut tank top and jeans jean skirt, but she puts on some glasses so she looks like a... It uh, worked for Clark Kent. It does. Yes, but the problem is, is the glasses she puts on are actually prescription. And she, yeah, can't she, see she can't see anything. And I personally, I don't think that that would meet the Rob Roy Report's dress code standards. That mini skirt and tank top and... Uh, hey, what do I know about successful media entities? I was about to say, their standards went down after they got bought out by the conglomerate. Nothing. I know nothing about successful media entities. 
She tells Randolph that this is quite an impressive spread he has here for just a weekend getaway, to which Randolph replies, yes. Well, I believe in indulging in total pleasure. Therefore, we must prepare for pleasure in every indulgence. Can I quote you on that? I wish you would. Wine? I've never been one to complain, Mr. Davis. No, wine. Like, would you like a glass of wine? That was actually kind of funny. Oh, Oh yeah, that actually was hilarious. As there, well. There's a there's some moments with this girl that is, I, they, she delivers some cool little little lot. I mean, the stuff that she says is cheesy and badly written, but she delivers it funnily, and I oh, like. Oh yes, it. please, she'd love some wine. Now the one thing I did like about it, this scene is it was like, see that spot out there? I could land a helicopter if I wanted to. If I wanted to. That sounds like something I would say. Oh, yeah. I could drive a BMW up here if I wanted to. If you were being interviewed by the Rob Roy Report? It could happen. It could happen. Um, and what, what, what beer are you drinking? The Dream Crusher? <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to impose my beer on you. <laughs> and who's playing the debonair Randolph Davis, fellas? Why, of course, it's Randy Spears, star of such films as Enter the Dragon Lady, 69 Hours, uh, Chug-A-Lug Girls 2, 1993's More Than a Handful. You guys seen these? No. Seen them, worked them. Uh, Yax, of course, he played Kilroy in Return of the Cheerleader Nurses. Of course. Anybody, anybody see What About Boob? <sighs> Yax, I know you've seen the naked bun eight and a half. <laughs> oh God, plus porn and their parody names. What about 1991's Arachnophobia? <laughs> that launched his career, by the way. Made it really stand up. Cut, you're a sci-fi guy. Did you see Sex Trek Three: The Search for Sperm? No. I heard good things. <laughs> and he's been over in over 1,000 other scintillating titles. Good for Randy Spears. Bless him. Hey, Bless him that he's not dead yet. When your mom names you Randy Spears, what else are you going to do with your life? <laughs> I'm fairly certain he's not actually named Randy Spears. <laughs> Shut your mouth. You don't know that. I think his name is Anthony Spears. Randolph goes to the bar to pour them some vino. Did y'all notice on a cabinet above his bar, there's the number 69 carved in the wood? It's nice. He needed that. It didn't play into anything in the movie. It was just whatever producer's house they shot that in had a big 69 on the lick cabinet. I had that on my lick cabinet at Sam Houston State University, but... Hey, that's me. I'm not Randolph Davis. You can't land a helicopter anywhere. This dude's supposed to be classy. You know, I could park a Mazda Miata out there if I wanted to. <laughs> While he's pouring the wine, Tanya X snoops through a file folder labeled Top Secret that he's conveniently laid out on the coffee table. It contains paperwork pertaining to radio transmitter components being imported from a company called Fei Wong International. 
man, she lucked out there, right? It's just laying there on the coffee table. But the only thing is, he's in the same room as her. She's like snooping through there, and he's like right there. He's watching her do it. Like he's not even in a different room. So he spikes her drink with some of Dr. Huxtable's sleepy serum. He senses there's going to be trouble. And as she sips on the wine, he starts to question her. He's now, now with the jean skirt and tank top and ill-fitting prescription glasses, now he's going to hit her with some, now he's on, maybe this, maybe she's not from the Rob Roy report. So what is the circulation of your magazine exactly? Oh, it's really large, I think. And your target demographic? People. People who read. Tud answers. <laughs> hey, Tanya's backed into a corner here, but she's a pro, so she starts stripping off all her clothes. Tut? Catchphrase. Sweet, juicy raisins. And she, she takes off her clothes. And, Sweet, juicy raisins. Yeah. And she tells Randolph that she's going to show him a good time. Can I quote you on that, he asks. Please, I wish you would, she laughs, as she pushes him down the couch and they start going at it. And just when she drops to her knees and exclaims at the wonderful view from down there as she pulls down his pants, we cut away again. So this is when, and to, yeah, I don't blame you for not giving me a hubba-dubba-doo there. No, you're not going to get one. I told you, I'm, waiting, I'm saving it. This, this scene... This is when I put on my secret agent investigator hat myself and use my skills. And I looked up the DVD of this film, which has a running time that's 40 fucking minutes longer than the 50-minute movie that we rented off Amazon. We were bamboozled, boys. We were bamboozled. Hook, line, and sinker. So, what the actual fuck? <laughs> I, I'm realizing now, you know, of course Amazon doesn't rent pornos, or even this is this is softcore Cinemax stuff. But even mm, it's not even softcore. Softcore will show like, oh, like no, no, no. simulated no, no. sex scenes. No, no, no. I think when I get the DVD in two days from Amazon Prime, I'll be able to <laughs> confirm this. I think the 90-minute version is a softcore Cinemax late night movie where they don't show insertion. They don't show the dongs, but they show the scenes themselves. We got the 50 minute cut off Amazon and we don't get to see shit. I think this what is, a, I think this is, a, go ahead for a porn film. They put together 50 fucking minutes of film. That isn't sex. That tells well, that me. Well, it's not like a Pornhub venture. Episode 118, we're doing what no one's ever done before. We're reviewing a porn film with all the sex cut out. If you've ever thought about, God, these movies are so, the acting is so terrible. Thank God they have the sex scenes. This is what the shit's like without the sex scenes. That's what we're doing tonight. And we paid five fucking bucks on Amazon to do it. Fuck you, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> And I'm sure my Alexis just my Alexa just heard me say that. I'm added to some weird watch list now. But I'm okay with that. Oh yeah, it's gonna be the watch list of funny shit to drop in on because he's gonna be laughing his butt off about that. Oh dude, he's up in his mountain retreat. 
<laughs> well, of course he is. He's over there going, I've already landed 10 helicopters over here. He's got a you did? cabinet with a 69 up there. <laughs> Look at Tut down there wishing he had a BMW. I shit out a BMW this morning. <laughs> Sounds like a BMW. Guys, we got totally jit. I at least thought we were because I, when I saw the running time, like you know, that's perfect. I got a busy week, show preparation, fifty-minute movie. I bet that's what Cinemax movies. You know, that's probably the running time of a Cinemax movie. They're not real movies, so we're just gonna get in out. It's 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 you know, obviously I'd never do a hardcore porno on the show, but it's but it's it's for, well one I knew the director Fred Olin Ray's done a ton of genre flicks and I'm like, this, this will be fun. And we'll get some dude. We bikini summer, bikini car wash. All these movies we've done have had so much more sex and stuff than this, than this porno we're doing. That's why I but think this goes, is a straight up porno that, that was that, cut. It just goes to show you that Fred Olin really wanted to make meaningful movies. Yeah. He put in a lot of filler in his Porn. When the Hallmark Channel said, "Let's see some of your work," and, said, and, and that wasn't a euphemism. I mean, he said, was... "He sent him this shit." I feel like I failed you all at home. Uh, you guys, there, uh, all our loyal fans. But fear not. Like I said, I take my podcast hosting duties extremely seriously. As hopefully you guys give me a little props after five years of doing this. Thankless shit. So I went back, and I pulled a movie from the vast Randy Spears filmography, and now I will, in graphic detail, recreate what might have happened in the oh, scene no. between Randolph and Tony X by referencing the 2009 movie Oriental Babysitters. You guys ready? Do we need to? Tony arrives at the Davis household and is told there's pizza money on the cabinet and a world of sensuous pleasures in Randolph's jockey shorts. She's unsure of what to do, but her college textbooks aren't going to pay for themselves. No, I'm not doing that shit. Oh, thank God. I'm sorry, everybody. I Boy, I've never been so pissed off watching a movie in my life. Ever. And I've watched a lot of movies. Yeah, it's terrible. Just... Yeah. And to your point, Tut, it, it's not a hardcore point. It, it was a really. It, it's a Cinemax late night movie. At With the all very these actors, I was like, I was, but I've now as a teenager watching Cinemax growing up in the nineties, I've seen well, Cinemax we're after gonna, dark. We're, well, we're gonna. And it was like way more graphic than anything in this. Oh yeah, this is this is this could be PG thirteen basically. That's why I'm thinking it was a hardcore porn that they that no. there that there was no simulated sex that they could intersplice in. No. They had to just cut it. Cut nope. it. When I saw, uh, we'll meet him here in a little bit, uh, Fei Wong's sidekick, Evan Stone, he was the king of Cinemax movies. And when I saw him, I'm like, oh, dude, this is a total Cinemax movie. Yeah, and I, yeah, this is not hardcore by any means. And let's be honest, hardcore pornos never had at this least much dialogue. this much dialogue. I mean, there's enough dialogue in here to piece together 50 minutes. That's that's unheard of in the porn. That that does kind of blow my theory out of the water. That's that's a lot of words. Um, son of a bitch. Uh, I I'm talking a lot, so I'm having to relight my cigar. Give me one second. I'm 
actually proud of this cigar and how much it's it's keeping up with this beer. Yeah. If you tell me I'm getting a full-bodied cigar and I'm actually getting tastes and flavors against a double 10% double IPA, good on you. Okay. I'm getting a bunch of woodsiness, uh, especially I'm at the halfway point. Uh, the woodsiness is really competing well against the IPA, uh, but that's the only flavor that's really man. I really I'm, standing out to me on the draw. Uh, I'm still getting that that nice pepper on the retro hill. Uh, that's a little bit more pronounced now. Uh, the thing that's helping it is that the strength is picking up a little bit, uh, so that's kind of augmenting the flavors as well. I'm loving the yin and yang of the hot bite on the. 100 IBU beer or whatever it is, and the, the pepper spice is actually increasing towards the middle half of the cigar on the... Man, it's it's good. All I'm right. going to take a note from my craft beer sensei, Yaks, and I'm going to cut out IPAs altogether for a while. I'm going to reset my palate. Uh, I want to taste Yaks, beer again. Yaks, you do have a theory. If all you drink is IPAs, you're never going to appreciate, well, food... Other beers, <laughs> your, your life. You're going to torch your taste buds to a point where you think this is what beer should taste like. And when you get a more nuanced beer, whether it be a stout or a Hefeweizen or a Pilsner or something that actually has flavors, but they're just subdued, you're like, this tastes like nothing because I'm used to just burning my receptors with hops. And. You have been drinking a lot more IPAs than usual, Tut. Um, I I can't. I'm just telling you guys right now. I can't stop. I'm in too deep. I'm in. I'm in too deep. I I I love them. They taste you're just good. not. You're just not ready yet. I mean, one day you're gonna wake up on a 15 IPA blender bender. You're just gonna be like surrounded in a field of pine cones, just licking all of them, and you're gonna be like, "What have I done?" Tut, that was literally three nights ago, and I'm I'm still I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm back on the saddle. I, I I'm not I'm not stopping. But uh, yeah, let me know, Tut, when you shift beers and and how that plays out. Okay. Well, we actually cut to a woozy Tanya X arriving back at Bikini headquarters, where she tells Mister Waitley she believes Randolph drugged her wine and made her perform lewd sex acts on both him and his gardener. Hey, was it the new Bronzy movie called The Gardener? It was. Do yes, you think was. that was him? Probably. No comment. More Chardonnay, my dear. Now you're dead. Uh, did you come up but empty? The Gardener, he's there to trim the bush. Yeah. Well, we did see that. And it, it didn't need much, much trimming. <laughs> Just a little. But after he got there. Just a little off the edges. Uh, did you come up empty-handed? Her unsympathetic boss asked her. He could care less that she was drugged. Hardly, she sighs. She did not come up empty-handed. Yeah. Oh, I yes. don't know, because we didn't see anything. Yes, that would have been a fun scene to see. Uh, well, not really. She was drugged. I don't want to see that, but... She tells him about the radio transmitter documents she found and that the parts being shipped to Randolph from Fei Wong International are the very parts used with satellite transmitters and uplinking conduits. Fuck, she remembers a lot of shit for being drugged out of her mind and screwing two dudes. The night after a podcast, 
I don't even remember what movie we talked about. I'm used well, to she apparently she does do this. She's a professional, Cade. It is her job, and I am not a professional. <laughs> so we keep being told. Over and over again. We had an interesting YouTube comment. Did you guys see it the other day? I sent it to you. I did. It was one of our episodes, and some dude chimed in. Is this really what men to, of today aspire to be? Soak it in, YouTube. Soak it in. I don't know if that's for us to say. But you're taking time out of your day to talk about us. Also, the fact that you took time to watch what we're doing. What are thank you, you for the YouTube Minutes views. What, what are nice. you doing with your manly life? Excellent, Waitley says with his information. Did you latch on to anything else, he asks? Well, there was the gardener, but I don't remember too much about that. <laughs> She's not traumatized at all. This is part of her job description. She's got no, you don't. Stuff. Those begonias need full sunlight like my penis. Now you're dead. I really want to watch. Uh, the only, it's even better. The only character that fills that position is Bronzy's the gardener. I don't care what else oh. they say. I'm going to watch this and be like, it should have been Bronzy. Now you're mulch. It doesn't matter. Her boss has heard enough. He tells her that Fei Wong International is a front for the dreaded Tong warlord Fei Wong. Way to make a front your own name. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm creating a front for my me, Matt Cade's uh, illicit businesses. It's called Matt Cade International. Uh, who for years, Fei Wong has killed and tortured her way to the top of Interpol's most wanted criminal mastermind. And they could never find her at Fei Wong corporate headquarters. She's so evil, rumor has it she even stir-fried her dog and ate it for lunch. That's racist. That's racist. That's blatant racist. Even in 2007, that's wrong. And I think we proved with our last episode, Tuesday Night Cigar Club is anti-racist. But what if it's a joke made by Asians? He's not Asian. He's a white dude like us. But I'm just asking for a friend. If the joke's made by an Asian, can you laugh at it? If an Asian person makes a joke about eating dogs, can you laugh at it? Yes. No. Shit. Tell her she's wrong. You're thinking about laughing at it right now. That's wrong. You're still laughing at it, Todd. Your friend still, told your friend still told, laughing at it. Your friend told you a joke about it. No, it was a it was like a restaurant trying to pull the El Aurora thing, the funny the funny billboards. Yeah. And it said missing dog? Stop asking us. Yeah, it's actually kinda of funny. I won't lie. It is Oh well that, well that's shaming white people for having that stereotype. No, it's okay, you can laugh at that. Okay, good. Because I laughed and laughed. Now I'm giving it the stamp of white guy approval to laugh. You're clear. All right. And he says she's heartless, she's cruel, and she cheats at Texas Hold'em. 
That's hardcore. I mean, honestly, who doesn't? I mean, not me, but I've heard others. Right. Remember when Tug got kicked out of that card room in Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You cheating, Tut? Uh, no, I was smoking a cigar. Yeah, he was just smoking a and cigar. Some high roller looked at looked at the pit boss and was like, dude, that dude's smoking a cigar. Get him out of here. That's all, all this, it took. All this is just soaring over Tanya X's head as she's still queasy and uneasy from the roofie she was given. As she slouched, she's slowly sinking down into her chair as he continues telling her all these details. In fact, as Waitley tells her that Fei Wong has been plotting in secret to rule the world, she passes out on top of the desk completely. Do I need to get you a glass of water or something, he says. And this guy is straight. No nuance to that performance. We well, why would he? He doesn't get any action. He may have. I will let you know in two days when that DVD shows up. <laughs> Mr. Waitley might be getting a lot of action. Well, I will report back. We'll see. Today we are going on to training exercise 335-69. The way she was ready to jump on that desk, they have a history there, and I think we may have seen a flashback. I'll report back for you guys. The shit I do for you guys. So we jump over to stock footage of China. There's citizens riding their bicycles to work in the crowd streets. We see the Great Wall. Just so we know it's China. That's how you know it's China. The Great Wall. That's how you know. And then to the evil lair of the exalted one, Fei Wong herself. She's pretty hot, right? She is. Yes. Good looking girl. Um, Tut, did you know that Cody dated a Asian girl in high school? Actually, I have heard. Well, I didn't know I was dating her. I've heard some stories. Heard some things. They did some stuff. Cody, she was a very nice girl. She was. Very. I liked her a lot. Is Cody uncomfortable in this story? Are we about to... Is there anything you want to tell us about that relationship? Yeah, it was one date. Like Nothing <laughs> literally happened. It was just like... We went to app. We went to Applebee's, and that was it. Like it was literally over. Okay. She was like, "I dated you for three months." No, it was literally one day. Yeah, and it was just terrible. You know, when you're like trying to get any kind of reaction out of another human being, like, "Hey, do you want to get this? Uh, we, we're here. Let's uh, want to get an ice cream." Hmm. Was that uh, yes or uh, no? I mean, I didn't, I couldn't read the signals. I mean, literally, like, hey, you want to go do this? Uh. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, I remember we drank some beers the next night. You were pretty frustrated. It was. Uh, she was. She was very pretty. She was gorgeous. She was gorgeous. Uh, I actually had an experience in high school with a. Uh, one of our Asian cl classmates as well. Um, I want to say I maybe talked about on the podcast at one point. Um, yes, yeah, you pretty much killed her. We were at, we were at a house party. Um, got off work at the movie theater. We we're all hanging out, having a good old time. And um, I brought out the mat that uh, poured six pack of Zima and a big thing, bottle 151, stirred it with the hand. 
started drinking, having a good night. Woke up the next morning under a garden bench in a friend's backyard. Sun was piercing my eyes, and I could tell I was laying on something sharp, like rocks or something. But, you know, I, I wake up a lot outside confused, so yeah, I wasn't too concerned. But this time was different because when I peeled myself out from under the bench, there was a young Asian girl underneath me. Not like sexually, like we were all dressed. I had literally slept on top of a fully clothed Asian girl. And the minute I rolled out of that garden bench, just I heard this the biggest. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. She got on our skateboard and rode away. True <laughs> story. She was a cool chick. I liked her a lot. And unlike Cody's chick, she was she hung out with us all the time. She she was very vocal on her likes and dislikes. She did not like me falling asleep on her. I would uh, say so. Well, Fei Wong's underling, Mong Lee, has arrived with some very important information for her. Big beefy guy. Mong Lee is played by Evan Stone, who has 1,320 acting credits on his resume, if you can wrap your dongs around that. <laughs> 1,320 screen credits. That's more than... That's like 10 times more than Michael Caine. <laughs> uh, have you all ever seen these films? Meet the Fuckers? <laughs> no? No. No. My new my new white stepdaddy fifteen. No, I love that it's fifteen. Have you guys seen any of the previous fourteen? Meet my new white stepdaddy. No, no. In two thousand sixteen, he portrayed President Donald Trump in the film Republican Candidate Wife Swap. Do you guys watch that one? No. I got the DVD coming in two days. I'll let you know how it is. <laughs> what about this one? Spin Class Ass Volume 2. No? No. Okay. Uh, 2014's My Family's Cream Pie Recipe. <laughs> I can't even say that <laughs> That might be the craziest thing I've ever said on the show. I can't decide whether <laughs> this is the episode that jumps the shark or whether this is in the wheelhouse. I can't. Can't make up that in my mind yet. So, is Todd? Is that a no for 2014's My Family's Cream Pie Recipe? That's a, that's a no. Yeah, me too. Uh, and this is probably a long shot, but I know that Todd is a big Walt Disney fan. Did you ever check him out in The Little Spermaid? <laughs> no. He played uh, King Tutun. No. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> No, no for that one. Oh, and let me guess, Disney Plus going to edit that shit out. I don't think Disney Plus is streaming that. Why don't we just whitewash all of history? I, I, I seriously don't think that was a Disney movie. The Little Spermaid? No. I'll have to do some research on that one. I haven't gone to Fantasyland and seen King Tutun walking around there. I believe it was King Triton in the original uh, Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. I'll have to look to see if the Little Spermaid is an actual Disney-sanctioned film. I got the DVD coming. Uh, it's going to take 10 days, so that might take me a little bit longer. Okay. Mong Lee tells uh, Fei Wong that the bikini agents are on to her, 
schemes, and it's only a matter of time until they discover her hidden fortress. You know, that giant Buddha-shaped fucking castle out in the open that anybody can find? Yeah, but it's China. I mean, there's a lot of Buddha-shaped temples. I guess that's true. You don't want to kill a bunch of Buddhist monks. Yeah, weren't you paying? Weren't you paying attention to the scene with the uh, the Great Wall of China? They're in China. You caught me. You got me. She says that he should travel to America to stop that from happening. But first, she wants him to check the air in her tires. He smiles and says, as you command, as he crawls between her open thighs. Tut. Sweet, juicy raisin. Just give it to me, right? Please, just once. And then, of course, we cut away from yet another steamy sex scene that I won't get to see until Amazon Prime delivers my The Girl from Bikini Collector's Edition DVD in two days. If the post office gets that shit right. I'm assuming they did it. Yax, did your date in high school ever ask you to check the air in her tires? I wish she had. The chick I was laying on asked me to check the air in her lungs. (laughs) I've never heard of this euphemism. Back in the grand old USA... Tanya X arrives back home where she's so wiped out she can't even eat the takeout egg rolls she brought home. So she takes a well-deserved shower, which we get to see a little bit of, Yaks. No, this isn't the time for it. I'm going to say it then. No, no, don't ruin it. She's naked. We see everything going on. It's not the same. It's not an Anna Nicole shower for three minutes, but we we get to see some stuff. It's not the same. Right. It's not yet. Not yet. Look, at this point, I'll take whatever they give us. Whatever Jeff Bezos feels we can handle. Fucking asshole. As she walks out of her master bathroom, she's assaulted by a masked intruder in a gimp mask. But she quickly gets him to submit, and it's revealed to be her old CIA agent acquaintance, Mark 10. Mark 10. He swears he was only testing her reflexes to make sure they were still as sharp as he remembered. And, she says, you still got it, baby. He admits there are times he wishes they could get back together, like her standing naked in her bedroom right now, as lovers. But she tells him the only hot, wet treat he's going to get tonight is some of the wonton soup she brought home downstairs. That's a good line. It works. I like it. And it's a nice burn. What about you boys? I love wonton soup. Yeah. I would I love so, I would love somebody to come up with some kind of concept for a beer based on wonton soup. Because I love that broth. Really? I love that broth and the flavors in a wonton soup. If you can infuse some just a massive dose of Cascadian hops in there and pine wonton IPA. Eleven percent. A wonton IPA. WT IPA. It's a moneymaker. I'd buy it. Yeah. Well, we I'd have buy the, that for a dollar. We have the chop suey cigar. There's been the egg roll cigar. Maybe they could do a wonton cigar. 
what if they do a wonton cigar? We need we a wonton IPA to go with it. We will feature it here on the show because wonton soup is my favorite soup of all time. Ted, what's your favorite soup? General George's chicken. That's not a soup. That's, that's not. That's not a soup. Exactly. Yax, what's your favorite soup? Clam chowder. Clam chowder. Well, folks, you've got it. Our the Tuesday Night Cigar Club's three favorite soups are wonton. Clam chowder and General Chow's chicken, which isn't a soup. Don't like, don't like soups. Oh, more of a stew guy. Don't like soup. Nope. Don't like soup. Uh, uh-uh, like stew. Like I make a minestrone soup, but it's more of a stew. Stew is a soup. You could you have said stew. Against, you got something against broth, asshole? He does. I saw it. It was right there. He hates broth. Stew is full of broth. Well, I like minestrone stew. My version. Yeah, stew is chilly. It's chunky. Yeah, it's chunky, meaty, full. Get all that liquid crap out of here. You know what? Soup is dignified. It's thin. It's refined. It's oh, excuse delicate. me. Let, let me smoke my cigar with my pinky up. I don't know. If, yeah, cause I don't know if I've ever met somebody that didn't like soup. It's weird, right? Okay, we're getting to the bottom of a lot of stuff tonight. What about chicken soup? You don't like chicken noodle soup? I can tolerate it when I'm sick. Dude, he's talking like a dude with the sleeves cut off his t-shirt tonight. My America ain't about soup. It's about chili. These colors don't sip soup. These colors bleed minestrone. <laughs> did that shirt come with the sleeves cut off, or did you do that? You know I did it. You did that? Yeah. I got to class this up. I'm really getting the feeling that it just came like that. He really didn't have to do anything to it. I had the same feeling, Yax. I think it came like that. No. I get the feeling that it was like, do you want the classic T-shirt? Or the fitted premium t-shirt. And then it had the option of, do you want sleeves or no sleeves? Do you want the total special? No sleeves, please. Because, yes, we brought him a t-shirt back from Nicaragua, and he cut the shit out of those sleeves. And well, we did. Okay. Um, well, as they huddle in the kitchen eating Chinese food, Mark tells her that the CIA has learned that some serious threats have recently been made against the Reinhardt family, who own Sensible Satellite Radio. You know, the ones who provide services to all the U.S. covert operations with their secretly encoded airwaves. Mark 10 has been assigned to protect their daughter, Samantha Reinhardt, who has been specifically targeted for kidnap and murder. I'll bet you boys right now that Samantha has big boobs, A, and B, that we will never get to see anybody squeeze them. Any takers? Right here. Me. Me. I, I believe you. Thank you, Yak Boy. 
Well, Mark then asked Tanya X to let him keep Samantha Reinhardt at her house. You know, to do his job for him. He's in charge of protecting her. He's like, can you watch her for me? She's pissed. You are so not getting into my pants today, Mark. Well, just take a look at her and we'll take it from there, he says. He knows what he's doing. So Ooh, when She said today. Not tomorrow. Not today. tomorrow. Not the next day. You're not getting my pants today. So, when the top-heavy Samantha shows up at her front door, Tanya is very aroused. Okay, Mark, you are so close to getting in my pants today. Boom! Five seconds, she changes the tune. Tanya squeals, oh man, there's so much to lick. I mean, like about Samantha. She is Good. one She is one open-minded, progressive secret agent, am I right? She does exactly. what she has to do. No, she is horny. She's really into this. Which we're getting in this film. You never see James Bond like looking at other dudes licking his lips. Thankfully, maybe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it depends on the genre of James Bond. She's James Rod. She seems really, really into this, Samantha. And I'll tell you how long, how, I want to know how really she is into her, but let me track my Amazon shipment. Uh, the DVD should be here. Okay, I, 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 I'll let you guys know. So, yeah, uh, I'm guessing now that the three of them, Mark 10, Tanya, and Samantha, have a big, hot, and sweaty threesome. Especially after Samantha, who's practically bursting out of her sweater, admits she's a sexaholic and loves taking her clothes off. But I won't be able to confirm those details for another two days. I'm sorry. But she does take her top off. Oh, she does take her top Do off. Do it! Hit it! Hubba dubba doo! Sweet juicy raisins! Sweet juicy You guys both... Is that something she did? <laughs> Trifecta, boys. Trifecta. Hey, she took off her top and Tanya X fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker! They're, they're, um, they're, they're big. So, uh, Yaks, would you say they're big? Yes. Are they big? And then some. And then some. Uh, pendulous. I, they're pendulous. Pendulous. I would, I would it's funny that you mentioned pendulous. No, no, we'll get to that later. We'll get to later. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. He references them as pendulous herself. Boys, am I the only one? I I am just now getting to like the halfway mark in this cigar. <laughs> Is it smoking slow for y'all, or am I just talking too much? Talking a lot. Uh, uh, I, I'm about the third. I'm about third. I'm a little bit beyond the axe. Uh, did you grab a, a different beer? Or are you still on the powerhouse? Yeah, I just well, actually I went straight water. I'm trying to clean all this out. Look at you, the professional palate cleanser. It's supposed to be a good cigar. I want to I want to try to taste it. This is me. I am not having an IPA for a while, like Friday. <laughs> 
No, I'm not. I'm not. As uh, I am, I'd like to consider myself professional, but after so many years of people telling me I'm not, I, I'm going to go ahead and drink this six pack and then I'll shift over. Nobody tell me what to do. Hmm. As Tanya and Mark easily talk her into removing all her clothes, I should mention that Samantha Reinhardt is played by screen veteran Rebecca Love, who y'all might remember from such films as Titty Mania 11. Did you guys see that? I am no. The Tits That Save Christmas? But Christmas Also directed by this guy? Christmas is spelled XXX Mess. He would never go for that. Interestingly enough, it was not directed by Fred Olin Ray. Um, it, was, it was under a pseudonym. Fool. Do you, you guys see the School of Hard Knockers? Um, that sounds familiar, actually. But no, I'm going to say no. More than a handful of 12? And then some. No. 2003's much-awaited sequel, Italian Sausage, Chapter 2? No. Yax, I thought maybe we talked about this, but I could be mistaken. Did you see Big Tit Prison? <laughs> uh, again, I'm just going to say I want to. She she was in a movie that I know we've mentioned this movie before in the podcast. I think it might have been one of the chicks from a Swamp Thing movie, uh, The Hills Have Thighs. That's where I seen her. She was in that one. She was in that one. <laughs> he uh, saw it. He saw it. You're you're you're, you're a college boy, uh, Tut. Did you see Thar She Blows? No, no. Okay. Imagine that was a Moby Dick rendition. I think I saw the the Hills Have Thighs on HBO after dark or whatever. Okay. Um, oh, and she was also in The Departed with Jack Nicholson and Leonardo DiCaprio. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> no. Nobody are saw you, that coming. Are you serious? Yes. Now I gotta go back and watch the fucking Departed. Do you know how long that movie is? It's a full I just, hour I just don't. I just don't know if I can handle Jack Nicholson going. Smell a rat. <laughs> rat. I mean, but I'm going to have to now. Thanks. She's in there. Find her. Samantha tells them that she'd like to go down on both Tanya and Mark right now. She can't hit it. She can't help it. She's an admitted sexaholic and all. And as they start going at it. Like, barely. They, like, all move on the same couch and are kind of petting each other. We see the three of them canoodling in a bowl of Chinese noodle soup that the evil Fei Wong is staring down at in our couch from her evil lair. So, apparently, she has clairvoyant powers, too. She can actually look into her noodle soup and see what's going on in the U.S. Ancient Chinese secret. I bet you'd eat that soup, Tud. Bask now in your earthly pleasures, she says, for soon your torment will only delight me. You know, what, delight, you know what delights me, fellas? What's what, that? What delights you? That's right. The sweet, sexy aroma pouring off a Pappy Van Winkle's King of the Segways. 
Oh, yeah. Happy Van Winkle's Family Reserve Barrel Fermented Cigar from Drew Estate. This unique stogie is a long filler, long filler, Randy Spears style. Premium cigar rolled in limited quantities at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate in Esteli, Nicaragua. Cody, we've been to La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate. What, what was your favorite place there? You know what mine was? The deck in the morning after breakfast. Coffee, cigar, yes. looking out over the, the fields. It's a beautiful country filled with beautiful people. Am I right? It absolutely is. It absolutely is. I enjoyed the pre-breakfast cigar, the after-breakfast cigar, the in-between meals cigar before we get to the lunch, before lunch cigar. At the lunch cigar, after lunch cigar, you forgot the during breakfast and cigar. So on. That was a good well, one. Yes, I'm sorry. You're right. The during breakfast cigar. Um, it, uh, Esteli Nicaragua holds a very special place in our hearts. The deep barrel fermentation is the key process that makes this expression vastly different from anything else on the market. Hand-selected leaves from Kentucky are packed into small torquettes, which are then loaded strategically into oak bourbon barrels. Water is then added, while mince pressure is applied to the torquettes via railroad jacks. Not car jacks, little wimpy car jacks. Not Wolfman jacks. He's dead. Railroad jacks. <laughs> Huge, monstrous railroad jacks pump these things with pressure. The tobacco is removed two, three times per year, shaken out, then repacked. The total process of fermentation takes 12 to 18 months. We've seen it happen. Where, Tut? Where do we see this happen? Whose farm? Mark Ryan's. In? Louisiana. Barn Smoker. Convent, Louisiana. It is the most amazing, magical place to watch tobacco magic happen. <coughs> we encourage you when the Barn Smokers resume to get your ass there. And that ain't no lie. The Pat Van Winkle's Family Reserve Barrel Ferment is now available at every brick-and-mortar Drew Diplomat retailer everywhere. And as Tut said earlier, if you'd like to smoke the unique pig-sized Vitola that is the king Vitola of Drew Estate, head over to pappyco.com, and that's where you can order that. And just uh, to assure our listeners, Jonathan Drew ain't like Jeff Bezos. He's not going to edit out all the juicy stuff. You get to see all of it. He doesn't rewrite history. He gives it to you how it's meant to be delivered. Right in your mouth hole. All of it. Good point, Doug. <laughs> how would you edit a cigar? Would you, like, splice out, like, a third of it and then, like, glue it back together and be like... I remembered more transitions being in this thing. And like, oh, no, this is the edited cigar. We cut out that. The chain. edited version. Yeah. This is the it's Amazon. Glue and leaves, boys. Glue and this, leaves. This is the Amazon Prime version of the Pappy Van Winkle. Because I thought I remembered a lot of really juicy stuff around the midway point. Oh, we cut that out. You just get the, the Kentucky Fire Cure, the, the basic notes, and then we move on. Nope. True State would never do that to you. Tut, is the water helping the cigar? It actually is. The strength that uh, I'm noticing, uh, actually, strength and flavors. 
this last third, the the powers jumped up a little bit, so that's kind of nice. Uh, you're getting a lot of that earth tones. You're getting nice, some nice woodsiness coming through it. The pepper, to me, is definitely picked up in the uh, in the nose. And that's the thing that's kind of crap now is that I can't say it's the transition of the cigar that's doing it. It's just me walking away from that beer. Um, well, as pairing experts, you have to know when to walk away. I'm not walking away from mine. I got two more left. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. Um, but yeah, I but because I'm respecting the hell of the cigar for battling this 10% beer with man that red pepper, that cayenne pepper on the nose has never faltered. It's been there the whole time. Yeah. Uh, yes, strong woodsy notes and sweet earthiness and. It's strong. Like I'm getting a, a nicotine kick off the cigar, yeah. uh, despite this powerhouse beer, and I respect the hell out of it. Uh, and I'm not going to bow down to the cigar or the beer. I'm going to keep things going. Todd, I'm glad you did. No, I'm getting. No, I'm getting that beer the hell out of here because now that the beer is gone, I can feel the flavors actually coating the mouth. It's kind of drying out a little bit. So, and that's that's what I like about a cigar. I like that. I like a cigar that can give you a, a nice dry mouth feel to it. Uh, well, speaking of mouthfeel, when Tanya and Mark, King of the Sedwicks, it's mouthfuls. When Tanya X and Mark run the babysitting gig for Samantha by her boss, Mr. Waitley, he's not on board at all, which is weird considering he starred in Oriental Babysitters Volume 7. Or was that the other guy? That was the other guy. No, that was uh, my white stepdaddy, 15. That was Mong. It, it gets confusing. He says that she can't protect Samantha Reinhardt because Tanya has an airplane ticket and her destiny lies in the mountains of northern China. That's a euphemism. For Fei Mountains Wong. of somewhere. That's a euphemism for Fei Wong's titties, am I right? I think so. Again, I'll report back after I get my hands on that goddamn DVD. Back at Tanya's house. A mysterious hairbrush salesman shows up at the door and asks Samantha if he can come inside and show her some of his fine products. This is not racist at all. She happens to love hairbrushes, so she ushers him inside. Seriously, the dude is wearing a fat suit, black wig, and a fake mustache. He's speaking in a horribly, bottle glasses. A horribly offensive Chinese accent. Oh, and he also has a samurai sword strapped to his waist. No red flags there for Samantha, though. You kind of look like the henchman Chong Li in a fake Chinese mask. Look, Samantha doesn't pick up on any of these red flags. Her daddy invented satellite radio, not her. He's the brains in the family. Once the front door has closed behind them, Samantha tells the traveling hairbrush salesman, well, you know, I've been brushing my hair every day for years, sometimes more. And I thought, wouldn't it be a super idea if somebody came up to the door with a vast variety of brushes to sell to people? And here you are. The salesman rolls his eyes as he opens the suitcase, which releases a blast of knockout gas right in her face. That was too easy. That disguise was damn good, but when he was in the midst of it, didn't you guys 
think it was Mong Lee? I totally did. Did you guys pick up on that? Yeah. It was totally Mong Lee. Okay. Um, as he... <laughs> As he radios back to Fei Wong, we learn it is indeed Meng Li, Master of Disguise. <laughs> master of Disguise. Can't, okay. I mean, he disguised that katana left like crazy. Okay, so Samantha has been officially kidnapped by criminal mastermind Fei Wong. Have I mentioned the actress skillfully playing Fei Wong at this point? I don't think I have. You have not. Her name is Gianna Lin, no relation, I believe, to Beverly Lin, who's playing Tanya X. And if she looks familiar, that's probably because you guys have seen her in the Joy Fuck Club. Did you guys no. see that? No, it's not that one. Uh, did you guys see Butt Bang Bitches 3? No. No. Operation Tropical Stormy, starring Stormy Daniels once again? No. No. Hey, that also stored, starred Mong Lee, Evan Stone. So, cinematic cinematic worlds colliding. Um, <laughs> it's a small world, folks. It's a small world. Did you guys see Massive Asses 3? Yes. Which is a curveball because she doesn't have a massive ass in this. So, maybe she's like doing a Daniel Day-Lewis thing in that thing where she pretends to have a massive ass and we just she's so good that we buy it you tell her she doesn't have a massive ass i'll let you know i've got that dvd coming in two <laughs> days I, I put that in my amazon card as well uh by the way did you guys see her in 2006's squirt so good no hey wasn't that a john cougar melon ball song it was it was <laughs> totally <laughs> Thank you, Porn. Thank you. I think he actually dropped the John Cougar at that point. I think it was just going by Melon Balls. John Melon Balls? Yeah. I think so, too. It was Johnny Cougar Hunter, and then it was just John Melon Balls. Squirt so good. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, upon discovering that Samantha's gone, Tanya tells Mark the fate of the free world hangs in the balance. Mr. Waitley has sent her the coordinates to Fei Wong's secret fortress. Some secret. This giant fortress out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and they're out there on a plane to China just like that to save Samantha and save the world. Cut to the mountains of northern China, where Mong Li has brought Samantha to Fei Wong's Fortress of Eviltude. What kind of devil tree is this? Samantha demands to know. A most wicked and painful one, if you desire, answers the super sexy Fei Wong. As she finally gets off that fucking couch she's been sitting on, looking in the noodle soup the whole movie. And walks over to her. Please me, and I shall pleasure you back. Disobey me, and, well, you'll just be sent to my pl private party pleasure room. Holy shit. I, let me guess. We don't get to see that pleasure room at all. Not yet. Nope. Let me just check my Amazon tracking information real quick. Okay. It's not any closer. You never know, Yaks. They move at night. It could be updated. Uh, Samantha tells Faye... 
that her father will never pay a ransom and that she has nothing herself to offer the evil overlord. I disagree, Faye says, as she strokes Samantha's titties. I've been watching you in the mystic smoke of the ancient ones. That's the magic bowl of noodle soup. Uh, and I think you have plenty to offer, she says, as she rubs Samantha's tatas. Yaks. Hubba-dubba-doo! Faye calls over her female Caucasian blonde sex slave, Kim Chi, and the three chicks start to do some stuff before you guessed it. That stupid time-lapse swirl cut thingy pops up again. And see. And we don't get to see any of the cool stuff. It's my most hated transition after the star wipe. I thought I couldn't hate any editing transition more than the star wipe. Just beat it. Did y'all recognize... Did y'all like the star wipe, huh? Oh, now on all our videos, it's going to be Cade coming out of star wipes. (laughs) (laughs) Can we just get the, the right to left just swipe? We're going George Lucas, man. We'll just go. And occasionally. It would have been okay. It was this weird swirly thing. Yeah, he's like, oh, wait, we don't get to see cool stuff again. Great. Uh, did you guys recognize Kim Chi? Um, no. She was played by veteran actress Lacey Hart, who you might remember from such movies as 2007's Lewd Lube Jobs. Did you guys see um, that one? No. American sorority sluts? Kind of rings a bell. <laughs> All right, Cody's on board with that one. Ass Parade 2? Of no. course! Okay. Hey, you know, we're getting some. Debbie Does Dallas Again? Ah, the sequel. Mm-hmm. Done for the 45th time. <laughs> Did you guys uh, see her in the well-received Don't Pull Out Volume 2? Yeah, you said Ass Parade 2 sounded familiar. Tut, did you ever attend any of those East East Coast Texas Ass Parades as a child? No. Heard some things. I've never heard of that. Maybe she reprised her iconic role. Show me your nuts. That was Tut's on the record voice. I don't know anything about that. And cut, cut, cut. Well, next thing we know, poor topless Samantha Reinhardt is strapped to a wooden cross, a crucifix, if you will, that's part of an elaborate guillotine where (laughs) the giant... The giant blade is swinging closer and closer to her ginormous boobs, which are tied down on a board in front of her. Sorry. Uh, Yaks, that was wrong. Ah. I guess she didn't pleasure Faye Wong enough during that amazing threesome we didn't get to see. She must have done something. Did she? I don't know. She must have done something, Wong. Oh. oh, kill me. Because the evil overlord's about to chop her titties clean off. Yikes. But fear not, ladies and germs. Just because then, it is. Just then we cut outside to the northern mountains where we see Tony X and Mark 10 arriving on the scene. Hey, did you guys notice anything weird when they showed up on the scene? 
this is the CIA and Bikini Squad's best men and women. They couldn't give him a machine gun or any kind of like John Matrix. John Matrix shows up, take care of it. He's got like a million things. She's got her purse and he's got a little pistol. That's all they need. She doesn't even have a tactical titty vest. Are those a thing? I wish they were. If you saw a girl... Go down to Infowars.com and you can get the tactical titty vest. (laughs) (laughs) No. Please don't. Mark 10 was a deep state agent ingraining himself into the bikini agency, the Bureau of whatever it is. Google it. Not gonna be able to speak for three days. If you buy twenty cases of my MREs, we'll throw in a tactical titty vest for free. It's the best deal on the net. A cup, C cup, D cup. Anything other than that is a government plant to get guys stuck at their homes watching pornography. Been there, done that. It's a trap, folks. Said by Joe Biden. He loves big knockers. Google it. Uh, thanks, Todd. That, You're that, welcome. That, that ball rolling. Fei Wong was importing my MREs into the United States legally. They were taken to the basement of the, the Pizza Hut in Sandusky, Ohio. It was a pedophilia ring. We didn't know anything about that. Google it. The combined forces of the CIA and the Bikini Squad could not give these people some real weapons. I find that hard to believe. But before she leaves... For some reason, she says, you stay here. I'm going to go take on everything by myself. She does hand him a um, disposable ink pen rocket launcher to blow the shit out of the fortress when she gives him the signal. There you go. As the guillotine blade swings closer and closer to Samantha's pendulous melons, Mong Lee watches the device with a satisfied smirk on his face. I get the feeling he did, he built this device. He did. He's devious. That bastard. He tells Samantha that she should have been more careful with the exalted one, as Fei Wong has very sensitive private parts. I've right, been there. Of course, of course. <laughs> of course. He thinks that it's a true shame that both she and her glorious knockers have to go this way. Yeah, it's a regular tit in the pendulum. Edgar Allan Poe would be so proud. Classy. Oh, it was nice dialogue. You know she didn't know who the fuck Edgar Allan Poe was. <laughs> Actually, she does. I mean, just because she's a sexaholic doesn't mean that she's not a redded one. I was talking about the actress playing her. Oh. Uh, who might also be a sexaholic. She's a Mensa candidate. I, I, I don't know. She, she asked Cody, she could be. She asked Mong Lee. No, that's what I'm saying. She asked Mong Lee. Uh, I'm going to change my Zoom name to Mong Lee real quick before we move on. Um, Will you let me go for the best piece of ass you've ever had? But he declines. He's a pro. Right before he's bopped over the head by Tanya X. She rescues Samantha and they race out to the mountains where she proceeds to blow the shit out of Mong Lee, Fei Wong, and the entire evil fortress with that little ballpoint pen 
that shoots a rocket and kind of makes the castle crumble a little bit. Oh, it's a... Yes! Good guys win! America! Fuck yeah! Okay. You guys weren't, like, pumped up in that moment? We won! Oh, you can't celebrate an American victory, huh? No, I was laughing at the uh, CGI effect of the uh, the castle. It's literally like they took a Photoshop, split it in half, and just went... Beep. Well, my love of the fact is that the castle is literally the little castle you see in, like, an aquarium. The fish bowls? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's actually not far off. Back at Bikini Headquarters, Mr. Waitley is very pleased. Finally. He commends both Tanya and Mark. On <laughs> Yaks. What's his name? Yaksgasm. Did you change your name to Yaxgasm, you son of a bitch? Hey, no. are you guys in your last... Dude, this cigar lasted the whole show. It's kind of a quick show by our standards, but... Yeah. Before, I, before I finish out the film, we should probably talk price point. Yeah. Especially, okay. especially now, Tut, that you're getting the true expression of the blend un, untethered by your beard. Okay. I'll start with you, Judd. All right. Well, I feel kind of bad because I am going to hold, unfortunately, I'll hold the experience and the beer, and I'm going to judge it off of that. Hey, well, we, judge, we, we judge cigars by how we smoke them, which is by the beers that we drink while smoking them. So I guess, uh, I guess there are some other cigar media reviewers who probably drink water or uh, mineral club soda, club soda, or things, and that gives them the truest expression of the blend. That's not us. Fuck that noise. Fuck that noise. Uh, all right, so you got some flavors there. You got some woodsiness kicking in there. You got a lot of it in that last third. Uh, across the palate, you got a lot of woodsiness. You got a lot of earth coming in there. It had a pretty decent feel to it at the end. Uh, the nicotine, the power picked up on it. Uh, you had that nice pepper, uh, especially once I got rid of the beer, that pepper kind of really kind of flavored up in the, in the retro hell. Uh, so all in all, it's a pretty decent cigar. Um, it is. It's strong. <coughs> Excuse me. Unfortunately, and I know I'm going to be wrong on this, but I'm going to put it at 1025. That's what I'd feel comfortable paying for this. Well, that's how we do this, so. Yaks? <sighs> Tough call. Let me just interject. I'm giving it points for how long it's smoked. Uh, that slow burn is a, a positive for me. And I'm giving it points for that consistent, strong retrohale. I don't care what you're drinking. That's that's a great... Usually retrohale will kind of downshift in the middle. No, this thing has been straight, strong retro hell all the way through. Um, and then along with that earthiness and the woodsiness and the subtle sweetness, I've been getting some kind of mineral in the final third. So I'm actually getting against this beer some some nice flavors. So um, I kind of stepped on Yak's moment, but 
Go ahead, Yaks. What would you pay for this thing? Ten bucks. What'd you say, Todd? Ten bucks? Ten twenty-five. Well, let me think where I would go on this one. I think I would go. I know you just looked at your notes. I think I would go $28. Get the fuck out of here. Huh? What? Oh, wait. I was a little low. Uh, $28.99. Get out of here. I mean, and if you want to pay that much for this cigar, more power to you. It's America. Pay it. Me? No. Unless this cigar comes with a giant set of knockers. I don't... Uh, $28.99. What do they get hey, off of $28.99? Hey, it's a, better, it's a way better cigar than the Spectre, and that thing was 90-something 90, 90 bucks. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, but... Come on. But at this point, it just makes me feel like I'm, I'm paying a premium for na a name that isn't going to necessarily deliver a cigar that's worth it. Let's. Yeah, as much as as much as I've commended the cigar for sticking up to my strong beer, uh, twenty nine bucks is. Yeah, but there's other cigars out there that stick up to that beer for half the price. Yes. I mean, what, and exactly. I mean, to, to Yax's point, what are you paying for if you're not paying for the name? I mean, that's the only thing that I can see that it's our name and our name's worth 10, uh, 10 point bump. Uh, 20 point, $20 bump. Yeah. I'm, I'm not paying $18 for this cigar. It's $28. No, I know that. But even if we subtract 10, I mean, it's 18. I'm not, I'm not paying $18, $19 for this cigar. I was about to say, I could see, I could see paying $28 if I'm DC, if I'm in the back room at Shelly's and it's like. At a Chili's? No, back, the back room in DC. It's a cigar lounge, but their markup is big. I mean, they have. <laughs> you said you were smoking a cigar in the back <laughs> of the Chili, Chili's restaurant. It's called the Tuttle Room. Are you getting two dollar Long Islands? Because if not, that's just a waste. I mean, I could see it if you're smoking it in a lounge that has a tremendous markup because you can't get away from the markup at that point. But, jeez. Yeah. Wait. Get this. Does Does this make it more sexy? These were generously provided to us by General Cigar Company for review, but you can find them on sale right now at Famous Smoke Shop, and by using promo code TNCC20 at checkout, you can knock that price down to $22.20 a stick. Is that sexy? Yeah, it is. It's a good deal. Very sexy. Woo! That's six bucks off. I like it. Yeah. I I 
I'm gonna have to agree with you, boys. It's it's a uh, a leap in what I'm willing to pay for this experience. Hard pass. And it's a shame because I think they're doing their cigar a disservice. I think if you drop that price point, people would hey, actually smoke the dang thing. Because maybe that's it's what a it, decent smoking cigar. Maybe that's what it costs to make. True enough. Man, y'all got to work on your overhead. Yeah, if that's if if if, if that's what you got to charge to make money off this thing, then uh, you have issues. Uh, Dude, this is crazy. I mean, I think we paid 20-something bucks when we went to the Davidoff bar in Vegas for our Davidoffs. We, I think we paid low 20s for, like, the the Churchill after after hours or the after dark, whatever it is. And But, again, you're in Vegas. You're at a Davidoff bar. Yeah, you're yes. <laughs> like, that was – we're drinking mojitos. We're doing things outside of our comfort zone. If you're walking into a B&M in your local hometown and paying 30 bucks for this fucking thing. You're kind of a pretentious douche. No, I'm not going to say that. I don't know you. No, no, you're not a pretentious douche. You just don't know what you're doing. Because there's a lot of cigars out there for, as you guys have said, a half or even a third of the price that will deliver on flavors and and things uh, just as well, if not better. Man, that's cool. Dude. That's what's bad is that I feel like that I'm crapping on the cigar, and that's kind of unfair to the cigar because the cigar, flavor-wise, power-wise, it's an okay cigar. It's a good cigar, and I would smoke it again, but I ain't smoking it for $28. No, sir. I agree with you 100%. So Mr. Waitley commends both Tanya and Mark on a job well done. Satellite radio communications amongst the international intelligence community is back up and running, and it's all due to their hard work. Yes. Tanya and Mark both lament, though, the fact that Kim Chi, Fei Wong's girlfriend, had to die, as they both say she was really tasty. That was another threesome we didn't get to see. Really? Kim Chi is tasty? Can I just say once again, fuck you, Jeff Bezos, for making me rent this shit. You had no problem taking my $5 for this and give me a half-ass bake, no oh, good stuff. These losers don't even realize I've added another quarter billion dollars just by them buying the DVD. I'm so fucking rich. I stare out the door all day for that DVD to show up. Well, I could deliver that DVD on that front yard if I wanted to. There's been a delay on your Amazon Prime delivery. Oh, God. <laughs> My neighbors don't have toilet paper, and like they're like, is Amazon going to bring our paper towels today? I'm like, where the fuck is my uncut girlfriend bikini DVD? Bezos called them all back so he could jizz all over them. And not to mention, I also ordered Oriental Babysitters Volume 9 <laughs> for research purposes. Science. When Tanya asks if Mr. Waitley ever found out why Fei Wong wanted to jam Bikini Surf Radio Channel in the first place, he says, totally straight-faced. We've done a lot of fact-checking, and it turns out she just really wasn't a fan of Jan and Dean. 
See, that's funny. It is. I chuckled. As they walk out of the office, Tanya says she hopes that the powers that be wisen up and give her her own TV show so soon so she can continue to kick spy ass and Mark 10 can be her side piece. Which, according to IMDb, there is a Tanya X spy TV show. It went one series. Nice. Playboy Channel or... I don't know where that would air. Uh, but they did. Does it matter? You did get her TV show. Mark and Tony laugh. They kiss, and then we get that stupid, fucking flashing, swirling transition thingy to let us know that they go back to her place and do it, which we won't get to see the end. And after eight minutes of credits, where they just show little snippets from the movie we just saw, and then that. Dude, there's eight minutes of credits in a 50-minute film. We didn't get a 45-minute film out of this thing. <laughs> the end. Arrgh. Oh, thank God. Look, boys. Hubba dubba do. I did not I'm know. Sorry, I, did... <laughs> <laughs> I did not know when I just blindly picked this film and just went for it which I think you have to kind of do, and that's kind of been my MO for this year, is just pick a movie, go for it. Uh, you were suckered in by the bikini, which Hook, we... line, and sinker. Hey, man, we got a uh, we got a Casino Royale cigar, Cohiba Royale. The sequel to this movie is Bikini Royale, but let's go back to the original, The Girl from Bikini, Man from Uncle. It's going to be a spy movie with maybe some boobs. I had no idea that we were being bamboozled into watching a porno with no sex. Not even a porno with no sex. A Cinemax late night movie, which isn't a porno with no sex. It's even worse, kind of. It's kind of more of a slap in the face. But once again, like I said, they literally edited and put together a almost an hour's worth of film. They did this on if, purpose. If you have ever wondered, folks, what it'd be like to watch a porno with the bad acting and all the sex cut out of it. And I'm not going to call it bad acting because you know what? Randy Spears and Tony X. Some uh, decent moments. Some decent moments. Samantha was a, a bimbo. I mean, she didn't really. But Tanya and Randy Spears and even... Um, you know, uh, Mong Lee, Evan Stone was, he, he had some kind of moments of like real human emotion on his face, which I don't know if you get in Ass Blasters 9. Maybe you would. Cody, can you confirm or deny? I, I'm still trying to contemplate one through eight. I know. It, like you guys, we'll talk about, you guys were on the break, we're talking about Star Wars. It's a journey. I mean, you got to really, uh, you got to commit. You got to commit. commit to the entire series. But uh, at the very least, after 118 fucking episodes and five years of doing this, we did something different. And it was well, something. It was oh, it was different. And I think it was something that we had fun with. And the fact that we've done a million, a million, but. 50 or 60 R-rated regular movies that had more sex than this 
butchered uh, skin flick. I think I think there's there was something of merit here, and I hope we made it fun for you to listen to because when I realized what we were knee deep in, I was like, let's just have fun with it, and I hope you guys had fun listening to it tonight because I had fun talking about it tonight, regardless that we didn't get to see. You know, half a ween going in somebody, or I mean, it, it's Cinemax, so they always show just a little bit of something. And uh, I think if you're listeners, if you are afraid, if you are out there and you are scared to watch porn, but you want to know what is going on in the world of porn, I think this episode will. Ease you in. Oh God! Now I'm a gateway for porn. Gently ease you in to the world of softcore, Cinemax, non-penetration pornography. Because basically, we watched something that could have been shown on regular TV. <laughs> That's how bogus this shit was. It was, it was, it was, it was nothing. It was, it was absolutely nothing. We've, we, we've talked about more sex scenes and more sh- stuff, titties, ass, real, 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 no, of lovemaking on a million different films. This thing was the tamest thing we've watched in a long while. But true. I hope we made it fun, uh, because we are the fun podcast are we not am i wrong in that you're you're not not wrong wrong. uh so i apologize to cohiba for us pairing their cigar with some decent beers (laughs) i don't apologize because i think if, if we were smoking the or if we were drinking the perfect low abv low ibu beers that price point is still going to drive us bonkers. That's outrageous. It is. But uh-huh. um, at $20 less, this would be a really good cigar. Yeah. Yeah, $20 less. Um, I liked my beer a lot, the Dream Crusher. Um, all the, the, the rye component and the things that were kind of a little bit jarring and harsh at first, they've smoothed out after drinking six of these. Imagine that. Um, Tut, you liked your 4th of July beer? I did. I did. Um, and Cody, you liked your beer? I really did. I, 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 know really, that- I really, 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 when we get back together to where we can all sit together. I want to do that 512 IPA hybrid that Cody brought to the table. It sounds interesting. I want to try it. It is. It was really good. I mean, like I said, it's not a weird thing. Best way I can describe it because it is a, it is an IPA. It's they, they're using roasted malts, things like that. So it's, it's got stout flavors, but it's not weird. I mean, You've got IPA flavors, you've got some stout flavors, but it's not, it's, it, it mixes really well. They did a good job. I, yeah. I liked it. 
So, I mean, in, in terms of that style, mixing styles, fusion, it's really good. So, that's all I'm, that's all I'm going to leave you with. Okay. Well, I'll leave you with this, Yax. French composer Philippe LaRousse says that every piece of music needs that moment of madness to make it great. And I think we had it tonight. Not a moment per se, but the entire fucking show was fucking madness. And that's what made this show great. I'm glad we did it. I'm glad I stuck with my guns and we did this movie. I, I think... Uh, I'm glad you feel that way. Um, well, but in my isolated world, all that matters is how I feel. So your validation means something to me, even if it's sardonic and insincere. You will, of course, let me borrow the DVD after you're done with it, of course. Do you really want to touch that thing? If it's not sticky. Oh. I've also ordered some Clorox wipes from Amazon Prime, so I, I will include a few in a Ziploc baggie for your viewing pleasure, my friend. Tut, give us some links. Okay, so if you want to join us on Twitter, you can hit us at TNCCCast. If you want to see all the beautiful pictures that Cade posts up on Instagram, follow us at, at TNCC underscore podcast. Obviously, join us on Facebook, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Subscribe to us on uh, YouTube at Tuesday Night Cigar Club. And guess what? When we do this show, you'll be able to see it live. Uh, and let's see, what else am I trying to forget? Oh, yeah. By the way, if you want to go pay for cigars, that's not $28. Uh, or if you want to buy $28 cigars, go to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club uh, website. Click on the Famous Smoke Shop banner. Click on that. It'll automatically enter the promo code for you, TNCC20. And if you spend $100, you will get $20 off. That's 20 freaking percent. That's a heck of a deal. And if you know what, you want to go buy your loved one some gifts, click on the Amazon banner, do your shopping from there. helps us keep the lights on. Thank you, Tut. Uh, tonight was a vast departure from our last episode. We got into some kind of heady things, uh, which we don't do regularly. I don't apologize for it. I thought it was important. But I do reiterate what I said at the beginning of this show. We are a party podcast. And I think we brought a good party tonight. Touch, show them that shirt again before we leave. It is a cat riding a star pop, eating a star pop, riding a, wearing an Uncle Sam hat. Tut is wearing two, it's a sleeveless t-shirt, and he's wearing two wristbands. Just... There's a lot going on there in Tut's garage, um, but I I appreciate all of it. Um, I thought wearing my taco shirt tonight was going to be controversial. You stepped it up, my friend. Um, so please join us again in two weeks. Uh, we're going to keep this going uh, through the quarantine, through the lockdown. I encourage you all to... Get this. Is this controversial? 
listen to scientists and doctors and not dudes on Facebook who have none of those names, those credentials. Do what we have to do to get through this, motherfuckers, and we'll get over it and we can get back to normal life and Cody can open his pub. Please. Things... We can sit here together in the corner of hope. It's so easy. Put your bullshit aside and just put on a fucking mask and stay away from people for a few days. And you know what? Only America can we have these fucking problems. And I love America. We are the cause of and the solution to all of these problems. We are the cause and solution to all of these problems. You are very right, Yak Boy. Um, so wear a fucking mask. Be smart. Don't be a jackass. And come again in two weeks, and maybe we'll have another show for you. But there's a chance we'll act like idiots and fuck that up, and we'll you'll never see us again. It's a mystery. No, we'll be here because we're not idiots. We're smart, and we're doing the right thing. Made the wings of liberty. God damn it! This thing. Dude, the more we go into this presidency, this more this 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 saying I say at the end of every episode, just like it's a throwaway. But it actually like when I say it, it's like God damn it! Does this actually mean anything anymore? Made the wings of liberty never lose a feather. Sayonara, motherfuckers. We'll see you in two weeks. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Don't be an asshole. Love you. Bye. Hubba dubba doo! Oh, dude, you should have ended on that! Porno with no sex scenes. Good God, I wish that had been the case when yours truly stepped onto his first adult film set back in the hot and sweaty summer of 1987. Keith, the pickle hardcastle, was determined to rock the sex industry and forge his own path to legendary greatness. Until I looked around the room and saw, well, I may have been known as the pickle, but let's just say I wasn't the only pickle in that room. Lots of pickles on the set that day. Nothing but pickles, actually. And that was that for your favorite voiceover guy's very brief cinematic career. If you'd like to learn more, then check out Raiders of the Lost Arts, Volume 7, at your nearest reputable adult bookstore. Or maybe it was Volume 8. Shit, now I need a drink. Thanks, guys. Anywho, to learn more about the cigars enjoyed on tonight's episode, you can visit Cohiba.com. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'Brien'sTemple.com and download their free smartphone app, where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.fritzbeermusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying, until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky. And for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well. <laughs>